This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, of course, is Hans. Hans, how are you doing? Hey, good. Uh, there's a thunderstorm going right now over my house. So hopefully you won't, you won't be able to hear it, but uh, it's pretty bad. Cool. Wow. Bad weather in Costa Rica. I've never heard of that before. Hey, we got Cisco back on the show. Cisco, how are you doing? Yes. Sorry. Right. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Good. Thank you so much for having me back. It's so good to be talking to uh, you and... Uh, your audience again and hans good to see you hans yeah i like how hans came last there <laughs> he came last in the words but first in the heart <clears throat> that's that's uh that's all i want <laughs> <laughs> well I, i'm excited that you're back on the show i mean it, you have you've been on the show kind of recently but we've been doing less shows we've been narrowing it down to about one show a week as opposed to two so it's been a minute as well and uh you declare that your podcast is coming back yeah, it's gonna come back, but it's gonna be really kind of limited and and uh, um, j- just a little bit more of a of a, just smaller, smaller in scale, smaller in everything. And Twenty like, minute shows. Well, maybe not that short. Maybe an hour or so. Mm-hmm. That's not even enough time to get drunk. Make <laughs> yeah, you're no right. Sense. Right. We might have to go a little longer, but I think yeah, we you know it's it's gonna come back. I think just just wanted to. Um, kind of recalibrate and maybe just do a reset and instead of calling it sloth cast drunk on you know, it was really confusing so we just want to streamline everything it was confusing i'm glad you're going to narrow the title down to just one title now yes yeah, i yeah. think that's good for branding hey we've also got the duo from low society back both of you guys back so soon uh i feel like it was only yesterday we spoke to you two Jake, like, passive-aggressively invited himself on the podcast this time. I promise that I had nothing to do with it. I'm not, like... <laughs> well, I see, yeah, I saw the proposed uh, proposed subject and was like, oh, well, we literally just watched that last night, and this would be really fun to chat we with have, you guys we about. We have so. hot takes uh, to parlay <laughs> with you guys, so... Well, I, I, think, I think we're overdue to give you guys, like, a real, like, titled episode with a theme to it, because obviously we tried to do the Anna Biller show, uh, where we're covering the Love Witch and uh, Viva, but then it just got off the rails and went into all sorts of other oh, topics. I loved it. I loved it. It was great. It, it, I, I, I've gotten great reception for that show as well. But now we're actually going to be talking about one film. And I feel like this one film has so much to unpack with that, um, and especially with current events happening and, and all, all that sort of thing. Uh, it's going to be exciting to talk about Alex Lee Moyer's second feature film, second documentary, Alex's War with you guys uh so i caught uh an illegal copy of this movie because it was outrageously priced at 19.99 for like a rental or a digital buy which is a great way to stop uh piracy because it was not at hans's costa rican theater which is how we usually watch movies on (laughs) this show uh and i had to get some like 720p by 240p torrent which i sent these two guys uh, and, and that's how I watched it. But now you go on YouTube or something. It's only like two ninety nine, three ninety nine. Oh, I feel like I'm oh, robbed. I, I paid, robbed. I paid, I paid at least eight time. or nine quid for that. Yeah. We paid like and nine it, pounds. You, you couldn't rent it either. You had to buy it outright. Mm-hmm. So I've got that forever and now, nine which pounds is okay. Is, like, yeah. but... It's like, <laughs> nine pounds US is like real money. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, not your fake, like monopoly money that you guys have in the U S yeah, I know. Um, yeah. It's, it's like, like real yeah, I was saying, that's like that's like fifty U.S. dollars is like nine. Points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are the the two documentaries we've covered 
uh, from her. Are those the only documentaries we've covered in this show? I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, well, we did TFW No GF with Jake Hanrahan back in 2020 when that movie dropped on yeah, Amazon yeah. via South by Southwest. Uh, it, it, it's kind of interesting how that movie was like the only notable thing to come out of South by Southwest that year uh, and benefit from being on Amazon where it was exposed to a much wider audience than it may have received otherwise, uh, and then got immediately railroaded as far as any sort of distribution. And I think the same people who uh, put out, maybe put out that movie might be putting out this movie or, or, or working in uh, tandem with Play Nice, which is the production company uh, that, that funded this movie and uh, uh, threw it all together. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, off the top of my head, I, I don't know if we have covered any other documentaries on this show. Huh. That was a good episode that you guys did with uh, with Jake. I remember listening to that and, and being, like, turned off of watching the movie. <laughs> I think I listened to that episode twice. I'm like, yeah, I don't even watch And then I watched the movie, and I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's fine. But it was, but, but the, your guys, uh, Jake's take on the, on the sort of subject, like, it, it's an interesting movie, but it's like, I kind of feel the same way about this movie where it's like, what is this? What is it about? Like, what are you trying to say? I, you're exposing something, but there's no, it's almost like the, 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 the creator is too close to the subject to actually have a, so I was saying like watching the Alex thing was like, if, if Werner Herzog had done it, he would have done it. Like he was watching a nature show. I'm like, why do these people act this way? And why? <laughs> yeah. You know? Why is this fat man selling supplements? Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you guys have any sort of expectations for this documentary? Cause I, I guess I did because I was expecting it to be, um, I don't know. I, you know, the, the initial word was that it's not a puff piece. And then you watch it, and it's it's kind of a puff piece. And they they go very easy on him, which I don't mind because I like Alex Jones. I have an Infowars shirt downstairs in, in the basement <laughs> here. Uh, but Yikes. I uh, I don't know. I expected a little more even Steven here, and um, that's well, not really. It what didn't was really go in on the points that will. They didn't really go in on the points that were like super interesting. Like they kind of just brushed over the whole building a church for the Branch Davidians and yeah, like after Waco, Waco and then like kind of his origins, his like his dad that was like a glowy and like yeah, that I was to yeah, he introduced like his dad as being really involved in some sort of like intelligence or, or like high up black operations of some kind, and then also being surrounded by like psychedelic counterculture of like the seventies or whatever, but then says nothing further about it. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? That was the biggest problem with this documentary for me is I think there is so much more interesting information about Alex Jones that predates 2010 that uh, they only kind of touched on pretty, pretty sparingly. Uh, the beginning of the movie takes place around, I think, like a 2020 protest, the Stop the Steal protest with Ali mm -hmm. Alexander and all these like right wing guys. And then um, you cut back into his history a little bit where he's covering Bohemian Grove. And that's kind of the thing that makes him uh, like a known quantity as far as like, uh, you know, the conspiracy radio shows and whatnot. And then uh, they have a clip of him very accurately predicting 9-11 happening and what the root cause and all that months before it occurs. And then you just hop into Sandy Hook and then 2020 and all the legal yeah. problems. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't think that's as interesting. Maybe because we're bombarded with it currently. Maybe it'll age better uh, the further away from this moment we get. 
But I just didn't find all of that as compelling as learning more about Alex Jones' roots. Yeah, exactly. And his motivators as well. I mean, he, it, it's like not clear what he's being motivated by and his ethos and what drives him. Like, I would have liked to see, a pe- I would have liked to peer beneath the kayfabe, if you know what I mean, like to see the person behind the like, bombastic media character and i'm like what's the point of making a documentary if you're not going to at least try to like peer behind the curtain like i feel I remember, like you get the surface layer of it yeah like, a little bit but i remember last year for instance like if i was making like last year or was it the year before there was like all this drama that came out because he like let his wife divorced him and she started talking to the media and she was like he's like schizo he's insane like there's so many different um I would like to see Alex Jones from maybe his wife's perspective or like his son's perspective, just like a perspective that isn't like wrapped in his like media character, if you know what I mean. But it was just kind of. As for the motivations, I feel like it. you do kind of see it just in the, in how his life has kind of progressed. It is kind of a, not like an in-depth, but it's a biography and it does kind of cover all the bases from like the beginning and how he started to become popular and get syndicated and then get like uh, petitioned basically by another British journalist to go to Bohemian Grove. But he, uh, you know, in the back in the sort of 90s, it looked like it was really just the first, like he was angry. He wanted yeah. like to motivate people. He really had like this spur and spirit about him yeah. to kind of uh, like rant and rave in the way that he did. But then kind of as the internet picks up and he has this whole business model attached to it and he starts, uh, yeah, selling supplements as hands. <laughs> but it <laughs> wasn't even sense. entirely apolitical at the beginning, which was kind of how it was framed, as he was just mm. sort of this um, amorphous kind of libertarian guy ranting against like the deep state. But he was like connected to the Branch Davidians, which was like a Christian doomsday cult. Like, yeah, I think that it didn't penetrate the layers as much as it could have. And Mm -hmm. like anyone who sort of wants to follow these threads probably could, but I I still don't understand why the film didn't considering its runtime. That's my biggest problem with it, that I'm not a hundred percent familiar with his entire history, obviously, because why, why would I, but I'm familiar with him enough where I didn't really learn anything new. Uh, everything that was said in the two, what is it, two ten? I think is is how long the yeah. This is, is too long. This yeah. is for for a documentary on <laughs> any subject, really. I mean, look, you could probably do a four hour documentary on Alex Jones, but two hours and ten minutes. Meh, either do we, like a series and break it up and and cover his history that way, or mm-hmm. make it a good like hundred and ten minute. Well, especially especially when you're not saying anything, it, it felt like a portrait documentary, and I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it feels very much like her other movie that uh, what is it? No, T T J I F. What is it? Yeah, T J T J I F. That's right. T-J-I-F. Bob Saget's dead. Um, uh, yeah, no, her her last documentary. Not, I, I would say this one has more of a of a structure to it. It's not as aimless as T F W No G F was, where it's just kind of like you're cruising in and out of the lives of these four or five uh guys but what i mean is that there's not uh i guess a a narrative which i like i don't like what netflix does most of the time where they tell you this is the story and we're telling you one side of the story and this is just a narrative created behind it this felt more like a portrait on someone that i already kind of knew that didn't really teach me anything new it kind of felt like uh you remember that uh patrice o'neill documentary that comedy central put out uh, where it's like, oh, we're just going to tell stories that everyone that's slightly familiar with him already knows. So then it's just an hour and a half of 
oh, I already knew that. I didn't really learn anything. You know, is that hold on? Is that the documentary that his uh, widow banked yeah. a whole bunch of money on, and then it never came out, and then someone else bought it? Yep, that's terrible. Uh, I didn't watch oh, that, oh, but I'll, one I'll of those like, uh, Chris Farley, Robin Williams documentaries that are like that are just so like um, really kind of vanilla. Yeah. Just taking advantage mm-hmm. of the fans that want to see something of this person that died, and and then it's just yeah, no like, information. They cover the. They cover the the hot, you know, with the stuff that everybody knows, and then it's and then it's over, and at the end is like, well, but then this didn't even have an end of like, well, he fucked up. It was just kind of like, uh, ah, uh, <laughs> what do you guys? Think? They don't know where to go because the story's not over yet. He's yeah. got all these legal. I mean, did you guys see that he hundred and fifty million dollars? Yeah, outrageous. he perjured himself <laughs> yeah. live on the stand because his attorney sent a copy of his phone. To uh, the people the other, yeah. trying to trying to build them, yeah, um, insane, insane. How that happens? How does that lawyer not just lose? First of all, lose all their business if not get debarred. For <laughs> but is it is it insane that you're allowed to sue someone for a hundred and fifty million dollars? Yeah, because... fuck those parents. I I don't care. Look, listen, <laughs> uh, people die every day. No, I. I uh... <laughs> how no, is he? Well, hold, hold I, I just on. don't see. Yeah. Now, let me let me make that point, but maybe not okay. so extreme. How many of them had made? I like that a, you're the guy to make it not so extreme. <laughs> how, how many of them have made a shitload of money writing books, ma- doing speeches on the corpses yeah, of yeah. their kids? And you're not allowed mm-hmm. to say that because oh, they died. Well, why should I care about the kids that they obviously don't care about because they're profiting off their corpses? So a yeah. lot of corpse that, is that, such a harsh word. I'm talking yeah. about children. Right. Hey, remember that Child one advert? Dead bodies. <laughs> Wasn't there like a mass shooting victim and the parents made like a CGI version of them yeah. for like an oh, anti-gun yeah. advert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I heard about that. Uh, can can we for, try and yeah, like find right. that? Let's. I would love to watch I that saw, right now. Oh, but that was like peak oh, 2020. One and it was horrifying. It was like a deep fake. Where they put the like a dead child. Oh, well, he was like a teenager. Uh, I I forget what shooting it was. Maybe it was like Aurora. It's just uh, yeah, it's Parkland. Parkland. Okay, (laughs) that was the weirdest one. That was very disturbing. All the the celebrities that kind of came from that. That girl, the David Hogg or whatever his name is. That girl's disappeared. David she's Hogg completely disappeared. Away. He's trying to figure out what his next move is. Oh, he's going to be a politician is, or something. He's going to be a Democrat. He's not going to take off. He has like Joe Kennedy vibes, where it's like he should be something, but he's nothing. Yeah, but that, but the they could have even she could have, but because she's so attached to all those people, like that guy Ali Alexander, who's like mm-hmm. a real shady, like fucking weirdo, uh, who used to do periscopes a lot, and then also had like a. A program where people could pay pay him money to like be successful, even though it looked like he was just broadcasting from his parents' house. And uh, that that guy like kind of like fans for men, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he like attached himself to to Alex Jones. He kind of attached himself. I saw him. I went to yeah. this um, it was a, Mar- a night for freedom in New York. That was the one where Antifa came and like hit a guy and like end up dying. It was like Mike Cernovich did it, and it was like really early on. I just kind of wanted to see what the whole thing was about. Michael Malice was there, Owen Benjamin, and Stephen Molyneux, the the egg guy, wow. and uh, oh yeah, that guy. yeah, that guy, and Chelsea Manning showed up, and uh, and Ali Alexander was there. He's wearing this black suit with like um, these bright yellow. Uh, dress shoes, like real, like kind of mustard yellow. It was really tacky, and I was, and he, he like, he like, he like, like fried his hair back. So yeah. it was, it was like, who is this guy? 
And then next thing you know, he's like, he's kind of attaching himself. They, you know, you could have went into like, you know, at least frame it to be like, well, these people attach themselves to Alex. And that's what it looked like. It looked like he, Alex is like, he's just a Texan is, dude um, and he's kind of open to everything, but. Is Ali Alexander the guy I kept uh, referring to Angie as Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Oh wow, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> Jr. Dude, he looks like he looks like a modern Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, come on, you, man. If you can come pull on, up a man. picture of that guy before we, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Come on, dude. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Oh god. <laughs> you know what he kind of looks like? He kind of looks like, the, much, like the radio guy eight. that they yeah. found who was homeless. Uh, and gave him crap. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> the oh, radio voice God, guy. Yeah. He became yeah. the broad, like the news guy. He became like on the radio. He had a good. Yeah, the radio that. voice but guy. He, he, any guy who looks like this, you should not have him a part of your your group. Like I wouldn't let. <laughs> he does look just <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> That's his dad. That's his old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you shouldn't have guys like that around you. That's just one of the first thing that made me laugh about this was in what three minutes in uh this owen schroyer guy that Mm. is uh Mm. marching in washington dc and he's like we're not gonna let the democrats turn this country into a communist country we love you cops you're the best we're on your side and it's like wait you're going against like all the lockdowns and all this because he's ranting about like how he's anti-lockdown and the entire Washington DC is, is uh, you're not allowed to go out and your freedoms, whatever. Who's the one enforcing that? The cops. And what you're saying is we love your cops. We're on your side. So immediately I was like, okay, so this is just another bullshitter grifter that doesn't even know where he believes in because everything he's saying just contradicts. Well, well, no, well, but if, if, if he was, if, now? you're using grift yes. now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> is, is this Chapo, Chapo house? That we all know <laughs> if he was protesting, I think he was at the protest saying that stuff, and and Alex said it as well. But that's like a Saul Alinsky thing. That's that's uh that that's something that when I was a part of this like anarchist group, we would do too. We did like this show uh, at Ground Zero, and and. Um, you, what you do is when the cops show up, you're like, these cops are our friends. They're not here to hurt. What you what you're doing is you're trying to like put the the sort of attention on the cops so that they don't feel like, so that the audience is also looking at them to like, okay, the, you know what I'm saying. So you're kind you're trying to kind of like get control of the situation by saying these people are here. The cops are here to help us. They're not here to hurt us. They're our friends. And then that kind of takes the temperature down a little bit. But that, I Wait, think that's so- a Lelinsky thing. Were you a lefty at one point? I can't imagine that. No, I was. I was never a lefty. I was. I was a. I was just like. Uh, I lived at this theater, and I was. I'm an actor, so they. You know, it was like. So yes. No, it, well, <laughs> I never well, voted. I was. I, never... I was a big. I was. I was too. It, just, it makes me feel less retarded. So. No, I know. mean, it was like. Um, <laughs> oh, you guys are uh, anarchists and vegans, and I, I'm like, I wasn't any of that stuff. Um, I liked. Uh, the idea, the sort of the, the the idea of anarchism, but not as like a as a as like a uh, political movement, but just more as like a way of life, kind of just philosophy. Of, yeah, yeah. I was more into that, and then just going and doing the street theater stuff was like part of. Well, you live here, so you have to fucking come. You know, I didn't even know that we were like what we were doing was could potentially get us arrested. I mean, they, they had the vans pulled up and everything. It was on the anniversary of nine eleven as well, so it was like. Mm. We we uh, I was just there like yeah I'm gonna eat later you know just I, I became kind of more of like a Stalin 
in the anarchist group because I I ended up becoming like in charge and then I was just like totally corrupt and just like, just, like trying just doming to... yeah, just exactly. doming all of these like <laughs> yeah all these... yeah it's it's with the living theater so they're all like passive anarchists you know so it's like good yeah what's the what's I'm the, the violent theater one. what's that the living theater was founded by Judith Molina and Julian Beck it was the first uh, it's the first anarchist theater company in new york it was it was one of the first avant-garde theater companies in in the country and uh she she was in um she was in like she was like the grandma in the first adams family i just watched julian beck in poltergeist 2 recently that's right and And he was in miami vice too he's really good he was horrifying in Poltergeist because he actually had cancer at the time so he was withering away al pacino paid for his funeral wow and he paid for the the because and he paid for the sort of as the theater was dying, he was paying for the the rent for the last few months, and it was and uh, he started at the theater in the show that I started in called The Brig. It's like this show about these like um, a play about these uh, uh, what the military does to their own prisoners, and but but Al Pacino couldn't march, he couldn't like do any of the stuff, he couldn't stand at attention, he couldn't march in line, so they just had him cleaning like basically emptying the trash. And and uh, there was a lot of people who came and went. Martin Sheen was kind of radicalized by them. He toured with them in this. Uh, I did the revival of the show called The Connection about a bunch of um, heroin addicts waiting for their fix. They did it with uh, um, uh, Jackie McLean. Uh, he's like a pretty big uh, saxophonist, uh, jazz musician, a bunch of blue note jazz musicians. And Freddie Red as well as pianist, and uh, they made a movie of it. But but. But uh, Martin Sheen kind of got like radicalized by hanging out with them. But they were, they, yeah, yeah. They were, Let anyway. me ask you something. Do you think Martin Sheen molested Charlie Sheen? Whoa, no way. <laughs> I think wow. he beat him. I, I think, think he probably beat him because he was an alcoholic and he probably beat him up. And, and remember that story? Like, he, like he, the, Charlie used to tell, he's like, my dad would make us sleep out in the street on Christmas so we could feel mm-hmm. like. Oh, know. right. Yeah. You told, you told me about this. Yeah. Martin Sheen was pretty hardcore about <laughs> yeah. disciplining his children or trying. Let to me ask you them. something. Do you think Martin Sheen gave Charlie Sheen HIV? Uh, anyway, let me. Uh, I found the. I found the the clip. The oh, finally, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, it's right here. Oh, they look like a happy couple. I am Patricia Oliver, and this is my husband Manuel. <laughs> Two years ago, our beautiful son Joaquin was shot and killed at Parkland. Every day, I think about him. And what is her face melting? Must have been like. I feel like half of her face Meanwhile, is like. Every day, nearly 100 more families lose someone they love to gun violence. Okay, listen, this is not me being racist or anything because it's my own people, but you should not have Hispanic people reading because you can really tell that they're reading because of their accent, and that's how unnatural it sounds like when he's saying these things. This is not words that they would naturally use. Uh, Anyway, just wanted to point that out. (laughs) Every single day, we keep telling people it doesn't have to be like this. They don't listen. So we found a way to bring back someone that no one will ignore. It's very hard for me to look at this. So <laughs> me <please>. too. <laughs> please oh, listen no. to what our son has to say. Oh God. <laughs> Yo, bro, I got shot. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, Yo, oh, no. it's me. Uh, it's oh, like no. Avatar. Oh no! It's I've been gone. For it's like Superman's mustache that was changed, removed. Bro. 
people are still getting killed by guns. What is that? Is Everyone so knows it, but they don't do anything. I'm tired of waiting for someone to fix it. The election in November is the first one I could have voted in. But I'll never oh get to choose God. the country <laughs> I wanted to live in. I think I, so no, you've so got to replace oh my, my vote. Go to unfinishedvotes.com. Mm -hmm. oh. Register. No, then go not. vote. Vote for politicians who care more about people's lives than the gun lobby's money. It also looks like he's vote reading, too. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> I mean, vote for me because I can't. We've got to keep on fighting, and we got to end this. That felt like a video game cutscene. <laughs> it's oh creepier than a video game cutscene because it's the. I think they actually they must have filmed someone, and it's they like did. superimposed because you can see all the shadows and it stuff like, moving like and morphing on the like face. Like rotoscoping, like a scanner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. That like, feels very Metal Gear Solid. Sons of Liberty. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, if you can do the, like face this, app and it'll come out yeah. better. I feel like yeah. I put your face on Shemp from the Three Stooges, Hans, <laughs> and it looked yeah. much more realistic than that. See, but that's the thing. Like, these are the people that we're supposed to feel sorry for, and you're selling your kid's corpse for this website that I'm sure you're getting paid for. I what the corpse were. Just say body, your <laughs> dead body. Corpse sounds so corpse. horrible, morbid. <laughs> Also, how would they do his voice? It's like he was a fourteen-year-old kid. I doubt they have hours and hours and hours of like voice recording. Actually, Anthony did to, the like... impression of yeah, walking yeah. in there. That's... Yo, bro, <laughs> <laughs> bro, guns bad. How people are still dying from guns? Guns. Stops. <laughs> and then it's like, what is what is that that type of uh, poetry that's even worse than regular Slam poetry? poetry? Yes. Yeah. That's what it felt <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. There's the reason why people think especially like alex jones and klein people think that this shit is psyops because like <laughs> like look at this shit like, yeah <laughs> like it's just like so contrived and like just awful and well, how on the nose it is as yeah. well mm -hmm. is uh quite it's like surprising. absurd it's beyond parody wait i don't know maybe for americans it's not so stark but in the I'm uk like, like we don't like, you don't shocked. get political advertising like that so if you see someone if you saw an advert like that it would be like what the fuck is yeah. going on yeah. And it's literally just like, like, yeah, no, I'm a dead kid, and I'm telling you, you got to go out and vote for <laughs> the fucking normal. things that kill me. Like, whoa, dude, Not that's normal, like dude. very intense. You're, you guys are really something. <laughs> like, it's not normal. <laughs> I'm really, I'm shook. Yeah. I really am. That's what they have to do to get people interested in politics in this country. That's why they do it. Because otherwise, everyone just doesn't care. We're just, we don't care. We just want a new jacket or a new this or, you know, new product, new new movies, like something cultural. We're more like focused mm -hmm. on cultural stuff. So you got to do I mean, that to like appeal to their emotions. It's mostly for women because they're the yeah. only ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like apathy in, in Britain as well, but it's because we're like feudal peasants. Right. Like, that whole feudal like hopelessness still like exists and we have a very rigid class structure so everyone's just sort of resigned to their fate in that sense but i guess they don't want people to be politically involved yeah. at all but whereas in america they have to resort to like resurrecting dead children like it, it's all performance really right it's mm. all you know let me go to the extreme so that 
if you don't believe the same as us, you're a bad person, you know, so you have like to, to defend the extreme it. of like, like necromancy. Yep. Cause that's like basically <laughs> what that is with their own kids <laughs> too. Cause yeah. that's like both <laughs> of them being like, look at my child who's back from life telling you to go vote. And it's like, what are you imagine doing? that necromancy with your own dead child to tell people to vote for the Democrats? Yeah. Like it's just, I, I I don't know. I, it's would, just... I wonder what the reaction was. I would have been like, this looks like shit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hans, what would be the price tag for you to allow uh, someone like that to deep fake one of your, your, your dead, dearest family members or, or loved ones? Well, something that would be enough for me to just move away and never have to see anyone ever again or mm -hmm. look at them in the face because it's embarrassing. Like the, the fact that they have a price and, and take advantage of their kid like that, which is why, again, I feel nothing but it's not even contempt. I just think that all of these parents that have written books about, you know, how traumatic it is to lose my kid and then push the political agenda of banning this or banning that because look at what happened to me, I think is disgusting. And I think the fact that they're hailed as you know strong and heroes and whatever just because they're making money out of their death it's it's gross and i don't think there's any other place in the world that where this could happen than in the states definitely but you didn't you didn't give a number yeah you did you <laughs> very cleverly <laughs> dodged <laughs> the question <laughs> you should be a politician <laughs> I, i'd vote for you i would i would i would campaign for you. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, go going back to Alex Jones, though, that that's the thing. Like, I like him because he's kind of like an idiot savant in my mind. Yeah. Or like um, a schizophrenic pro prophet. Yeah, yeah. In the sense that he always says the very extreme of whatever is actually going on, which in a sense can be a red herring, which is sometimes why I think he's in bed with the goblins. Because like if you're saying like the most extreme thing, then it kind of discredits like whatever is true. Well, but mm -hmm. even then, the reason why what he says ends up being true a lot of the time is because like he's like kind of in touch with the zeitgeist, number one. And also what he's saying is so extreme that it can kind of be whittled down to apply to a lot of different things. Um, and yeah, that's kind of. Well, they, yeah. they didn't go into one of his most interesting truisms, which was the gay frogs thing. Mm. Yeah. It, right, true. yeah. The gay frogs thing is, it's not that they're gay. It's that the tro the, the frogs develop um, different genitals. Different, like they develop cross-sex geni genitals or some shit. <laughs> like, like male like the, frogs turn. Like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> or like androgynous. Because it, some company was dumping chemicals in the water that yeah. turned the frogs into these like androgynous like weird like there were male frogs that like had eggs and stuff. anthony do you mean godzilla 1997 because that was godzilla as well. <laughs> no <laughs> jurassic the first jurassic park remember and bd wong he's like uh, jeff goldblum and he's like he's, he's like you mean the dinosaurs are just going to breed and he's like, uh, uh, life uh, uh, finds a way. <laughs> that, that was the, even then. It's like if Alex Jones had gone on his show and been like, oh, I have like, you know, some research papers about this like chemical that's being dumped in the water. That's like messing around with the sexual dimorphism of frogs. That's not as sensational as they're putting chemicals in the water. They're turning the freaking frogs gay. And even right. then, like he was right in a way. But like, that's what I mean. He's so bombastic and like his media presence, the kayfabe, the character he plays is so 
wrapped up in like this sort these sort of bombastic declarations and even though there's like often truth in them um it's like done on purpose because it's what like keeps him in the attention economy i guess right. well speaking of like the character he plays i guess in the documentary i did kind of feel like there are a few moments that were just a little bit too nicely filmed or put together to be completely oh serendipitous and we're just following along and got this great angle or whatever yeah. which was the kind of january 6th stuff where he was like yeah. very very obviously like don't do this go over here like we're trying to do something else don't do this it was like, and this is all coming out at a time where he's getting a lot of heat and they even talk mm-hmm. about january 6th and calling him in for that and stuff as well so it's just also just like i wonder if there's going to be other evidence of him being like yeah that was a great take nice one yeah let's fucking go right. <laughs> like, you know i i did have that thought when i was watching this because of everything that's happening where uh my initial feeling is that maybe it was a little more neutral in terms of coverage of alex jones prior to the whole January 6th thing becoming this media event. But now that that's taken precedence and and he's become like a big character involved in that, uh, that maybe they're trying to tip the scales more in his favor and show that, you know, maybe he wasn't as involved as what he's being accused. Yeah, he never, and he also never really gets to like talk about like what he thinks is really happening. Like you learn more about his his ideas and where he's from from like the Joe Rogan appearances than you do yeah. watching. Him. Yeah, I have right. no idea who this person is other than from the Joe Rogan stuff. So I can apply it to I can apply it to this to this documentary. But if you're just coming in like this is the guy from the Sandy Hook thing, you're just like, yeah, that he he's yeah. like a weird guy. Like he has a whole cosmology like that involves interdimensional beings yeah. and like this like Manichaean war of good and evil. Like I want to know more of the fucking lore. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Nerd. Like give it to me. Like I want to know more about that shit. Yeah. And like I I don't know if someone gave me a bunch of money to make a documentary about Alex Jones. Like I would want to go a lot deeper yeah. into those things. Like this was like shit that people already know. Like Hans said. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of, I think it was even Bohemian Grove, like that was like such a culturally significant moment, regardless of how like kind of comical and memeified it's become. The fact that he managed to permeate at the behest of a British journalist who didn't want to get in trouble. So he said, Alex, did you? Um, yeah, he, um, he permeated the, the fucking curtain, dude. Like he showed us the schizo nightmare. That was actually one new thing that I haven't seen anywhere else other than in this documentary, which I have heard talked about when... Is it Ron Johnson or John Ronson? I can't remember which way fucking around it is that that did the whole Bohemian Grove thing. I think it was John Ronson. John Ronson, that's the way around it is. Um, He said that... um, What was it? Like, oh, Alex and this guy were doing these preppy uh, rehearsals before they got into Bohemian Grove. And they just, like, looked absolutely ridiculous. And I'd never seen the footage of that, but you actually got to see that like in the documentary which is kind of fun because they try they had to pretend to be like waspy like just like walking guys. all the time like, oh yeah and I, i'm really invested in the stocks and bonds yeah. at the moment <laughs> just like this is they, they needed to have like the animation that they have for documentaries now like a cartoon and then yeah. and then they needed to have him like sitting in an all-black room like that movie collapse and then have alex moyer be like okay what is going on like, all right here we go there is interdimensional beings. And then you, show, like, you, know, you go through that and be like, okay, yeah, convince people or something. And then you can get back to the, to the other stuff because that's the most interesting, like you were saying, like that's the most, like the lore is the most interesting part. 
Yeah, like how much is he influenced by David Koresh of yeah. the yeah. Branch Davidian as well? Because of that connection, he built a church. He helped rebuild the church in Waco, which was obviously quite controversial at the time after the shootout with the FBI. Like obviously anyone who was in bed with the Branch Davidians was like a seen as somebody who had no credibility whatsoever. Yeah. Um, how he was able to recover his credibility after being tied to David Koresh, I'd be interested to know that. And also, like, why he was, like, d d is his cosmology, the interdimensional shit influenced by Branch Davidian, uh, um, like, the like a theology well, or whatever I That'd feel, be like, interesting I feel like they could only brush past it so easily because there's been like 30 years it's been so much time yeah because if if it was literally you know he rebuilt a church for a cult and if you didn't really know what the branch davidians were into and i didn't even when i watched alex's war it kind of like there's been so many in the 90s i kind of get him confused i wasn't really sure which one it was and then <laughs> see like what they're actually about and just like dude how is he just like yeah. casually like oh i built these good people a church again because their church got fucked up because the government you're like it's not quite not as quite simple really. as that is it like not really is it like let's be honest and then also david koresh was a similar bombastic charismatic figure yeah, definitely who um was had this sort of christian dooms it was like christian doomsday is a mixed with the conspiracy theories that were becoming popular on the internet during that period so it was like the first kind of wave of conspiracy theory culture online and that kind of got absorbed into branch davidianism and it was gaining a lot of power and it was like absorb all the evangelical churches were like angry because branch davidianism was like absorbing all of their members in the same way that QAnon kind of um did the same <laughs> during like covid like evangelical churches were complaining that their um flock were flocking away into more schizo territory and that was part of the reason why there was this intense pushback against Koresh and the Branch Davidians that ended up in like federal stuff there were other reasons as well obviously but that was like part of it mm. and yeah that that I wanted to that's something that nobody really has explored I would I would have loved to know more about that and I don't know I maybe I were placing too much importance on well, well no there was there, there, like part of that footage where there were like his name is Alex Jones, and he runs a show. And it was like this documentary thing that that was part of this. Um, there's this like uh, you could find it on YouTube. It's like uh, it was he and David Icke, because mm -hmm. they, and they, yeah, they yeah. never mentioned David Icke because he and David Icke were coming up at the same time, and David yeah. Icke was more sort of famous as Alex Jones was. He Alex Jones was kind of just starting out, and David Icke was doing these big uh uh like uh you know sort of like ted conferences well, they, yeah, yeah. they sort of they sort of branched off into two different areas of conspiracy didn't they yeah. where like alex kind of more focused on the government stuff and all this weird shit that's going on and, like, keeping keeping Perfect. babies alive and like all of that shit yeah. <laughs> like and then david like kind of went into more of the reptilian yeah. uh, like space age Esoteric. kind of like real yeah yeah, yeah. i like that real, that was interesting you gotta yeah you gotta be a really far into the fucking rabbit hole to like arrive at david i can be like this guy's talking ours. a lot of sense i like our pets yeah i like <laughs> i i like david I, it was funny though how easy they were able to be like, you know, he's like, all of these leaders are all uh, part of these, you know, lizard people. But then he mentioned, he mentioned like one right Jewish guy and they're like, he says all lizards are Jews. Yeah. Or all Jews are lizards. And that's it. He's fucking gone. But he's yeah. missing one guy, like one guy. And uh, 
they got them that way and not not so easy are you guys are you is, are you okay <laughs> I was like, no. like are you guys, no i'm not getting you guys filleting oh, this, <laughs> this, uh, this is a good episode I'm I'm not, reptilian, right? so. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no i'm i'm too classy I'm, I'm a horse girl <laughs> I'm a church girl. I go to church. <laughs> uh, let me ask you guys something. Do you think this was a step forward or a step back for Alex Lee Moyer as far as uh, her skill as a director? I was. I really enjoyed the vibe of um, <clears throat> that feeling when OGF. I thought that it was like very of its time. It, it like very much captured like that moment. Um, and I thought maybe she was going to continue with that zeitgeisty feeling in this documentary and that it was going to be less about Alex Jones in the same way that that feeling when no GF was less about incels. Yeah. And it was more about like the current moment and the current media landscape and what it means to be engaged in politics in America. Um, so I thought it was going to have this kind of broader meta message or whatever in the same way that that feeling when no GF was more about like atomization and loneliness and, uh, you know, the sort of post-industrial malaise, whatever. Um, or maybe I'm just reading too deeply into into that and that's just what I saw. But I didn't necessarily see any sort of thematic or aesthetic like continuity, which is what I was kind of hoping for, I guess. Yeah, I um, agree completely. This felt like uh, it was assembled as a standard documentary as opposed to TFW, No GF, which uh, I think emphasized just the general vibe of all these different um, parties and cruising in and out of where they happen to live. Like you have Camp Bot, he's in New York City, and you have the cowboy out, and I don't even yeah. remember where he was. And just this sort of like unifying theme and, and using internet culture to illustrate uh, a lot of the sentiments or feelings that these guys are about. And uh, having, uh, what was it, King of Zimbabwe animations, which yeah. were very popular on YouTube at the time, there's none of that here. It's very Stark. meat and potatoes. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not. Um, I don't think the creativity is quite there. I think that 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 actually go, is going to be a benefit for her, in in a way. This is like a pivot into more of like now she's an entity, and she's she's this entity that's that's it can be on Fox News and talking to Greg Gutfeld, which he was just on, and like now she, she'll be known as like the the controversial right wing woman documentarian, you know, documentarian, and and now she's going to do one on uh, on Tucker. Now she's going to be a, a Tucker Carlson documentary. It's going to be the same type of shit, right? But, but do you read the, ri but, the but here's the thing. documentary? Yeah. I, well, I mean, Amanda Milius has apparently she had an Alex Jones documentary, a Nick Fuentes documentary, and there was somebody else, and they're just sitting. Charlie there. Kirk. One God, could you imagine? Would you watch a documentary on Charlie Kirk? No, and I hope you wouldn't make alive. me watch it. Charlie. I'll make you watch it. I'll say, I'll say, Hans, we're covering Charlie Kirk this week, and you can go watch it, and then I will just go to sleep, and yeah. you can talk about it on the show. Nick Fuentes too. Like, who fucking cares about yeah. that? Guy? Well, nerd. Did, did Louis Through uh, went and did a bit of a stint with him in a recent? Yeah, uh, he did a his, documentary. Did that come out already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it's on BBC iPlayer. Yeah. Um, and he did a documentary about the far right, like typical like moral panic stuff or whatever. And well, no, just like seeing who these like I don't like I don't like were. Louis Theroux because yeah. he tries to do this whole like I'm this objective British guy, and but he clearly ha he's like a he clearly has like a 
an angle through which, uh, or a lens through which he views it. And the fact he tries to obscure that, I find dishonest. And I, I just don't like him. And he's a bug man. And I don't know, he upsets me. Um, <laughs> but like he did, uh, he did the, he did the, um, he went and like visited a bunch of these right wing guys and like had these like really rubbish confrontations with them. It was like, well, he spent a lot of time with Nick Fuentes and I feel like you wouldn't really need anything no. deeper than that. Like, yeah, it kind of reveals like everything you'd want to know about the guy exactly. like, within like a segment of an hour's long. And it's boring pod, uh, as well. It's not poetry. interesting at all. Yeah. So it's just like, and then also, um, is she like, what is it? What is it? Could someone explain to me what a dime square is? Because it's, it's, Anthony, that's your, weren't you hanging out with Dime Square last night? Uh, no, but I, I, I've been to, uh, it's just like clandestino in like lower Manhattan. It's kind of yeah. like Chinatown. There mm-hmm. are just, I went to that clandestino bar. There's a lot of like young, rich kids there. Of course. But yeah. uh, that's, I guess that's the, the, uh, the, the movement. There's no real movement. It's just kind of like a... Uh, it, they're just new hipsters. They're just kind yeah. of like hipsters. You know? It was and basically that, that Peter Vack from... shooting uh, at the movie theater with, with Curtis Yarvin mm-hmm. and everybody else, which I read that article that Crumps put out. I don't know if you guys yeah, uh, saw I, it. I read it too. Uh, Anthony and I were, were maybe going to go to that, decided not to. And it, it seems like a very amusing <laughs> thing when you're reading it, but it, it wasn't a union boring. gig. It wasn't a yeah. union gig. They weren't going to pay my fucking fee. So <laughs> nope, yeah, they were not paying at all. So uh, it, it, it read like, wow, this is really something. But being there, I guarantee you, was probably a slog for everybody. Yeah. And it sounds like for Nick Mullen and Nick Rochefort, who, who showed up and had nothing to contribute at all. Um, not just even that. The, the, the person who wrote it was trying to act as if it's like, this unprecedented cruelty when like yeah. people in his own constituency treat people worse than that <laughs> constantly all the time. Well, yeah, and, it, but I, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to okay. say like the, the, the January 6th stuff, the Alex Jones stuff, the Nick Fuentes stuff, like you kind of just get the message really quick in terms of learning about, let's say the new American right. And that it has a lot of energy, no direction, and absolutely no interest in participating in actual politics. It's mostly a, a cultural thing to get maybe better movies or to bring back spoken word poetry or to it, – it's just kind of like a – it has no – there's just – there's nothing there. And these people aren't going to be and – I, and I don't – really mind it i i like i said i'm not really political or anything but it it doesn't even have a direction in terms of like aesthetically what are you what are you trying to say what are you trying to express what, what there's no there's no there's no real uh besides, besides the figures yeah. yeah there's no real it's, culture there. it's a lot of just you know left bad and that's all we have just yeah. like the other side has you know orange man Even, he's bad the you reason know, i mentioned dime square is because i hear alex lee moyer's name mentioned along with dime square so is it is this like a is it a film movement is it like a mm. well, is it like a they, well, yeah they did this thing it's called angel fest last year it's like NP, npcc and uh, Curtis Yarvin was doing a spoken word poetry thing, and at the same time, Alex was showing. I think Alex's war and TF uh, GFW. Right, uh, Hadrian Belove, who I think ran what was it like Cinefamily or or one of these, uh, you know, oh. archival theater groups, who got kicked out because he was sending flirty text messages or something. He got some money from Peter Thiel, 
And they ran a film festival, which got branded the Anti-Woke Film Festival. Uh, this was last year. And that's where these movies were shown. So that's essentially what that was and what the stem of that uh, is. Oh, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. But it, if you're not, like, incredibly online, there's no way for you to, like, fully piece things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just beyond loose associations. But now I get it. That's why that uh, that associate. Oh, that right. makes sense. So you've got her in there. You've got Dasha. Oh, you've got uh, Betsy Brown, who was the main girl in uh, Scary 61st. And her brother, Peter Vack, who's a director uh, who just is shooting a new film right now. And then they did some movie called Actors, where he's playing, uh, you know, to to invigorate his career, he becomes trans or something. And that was like controversial for a second, got, uh, you know, review bombed on Letterboxd or something by a bunch of leftist types. That was the one that that was the one that was the subject of that article Mm -hmm. that went crazy. So, yeah. okay, I get it now. I've pieced it all together. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just wondering whether an event with uh, spoken word Curtis Yarvin, I, I Jesus Christ, dude! I would probably yeah. like pull my own ears off. Like, that wouldn't even be enough, and then you'd have to stuff him in as well. Like it's he, just a, he, oh. he did a poem about his wife who had I'll passed away. Um, and Your rest, <laughs> and uh, I think he had he he had just been on my show, and I I had I went up to him, and he was just really out of it, and. Uh, I, I like I like Curtis and the stuff that he says and stuff, but I think the Dime Square thing started mostly with the Red Scare girls mm-hmm. and what they were doing, and then like you said, uh, Jay, like the the Peter Vack stuff, and it's almost like this train from New York to Austin that that is the connective tissue that 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 they keep. Like there there's an event I think tonight that's that that uh, Jack is up here for. That's what you were mentioning earlier, Jay. I was I was hanging out with them, but out in Maspeth, like Queens, it was like at some. We we were just chilling and 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 it was pretty fun. But there, yeah, they there's some connective tissue with Texas, New York, and then I think Yarvin is going to be there too, and he's out he's out in California. But but in terms in terms of Dime Square, like what it is or where it's at or what is it what does it mean? I I don't I don't I don't think it means anything. Just something to 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 write about, I guess. Something they I don't even know who made it up made up that term. But uh, there's nothing really. Um, I mean, I kn- I don't know anybody like involved in that. I just know like Twitter people who I hang out with who are really cool people, and and uh, I don't think they is know. There, I don't is think- there like a thematic like arc between Alex Lee Moyer's films and some of the films that are like emerging out of this like scene? I haven't seen any of Peter Vax stuff. But uh, but the the assholes is is pretty amusing. Okay. Um, that's yeah, his only. I, I for f- I I think off the top of my head, that's his only movie that has been uh, put out that he directed, and it's kind of amateurly shot. But his dad is um, well, Hans, you looked up his dad's name recently, right? He's like an actual director. Not that Peter Vac's not an actual director, but uh, you know, he's done productions with legitimate budgets behind them. So he has his parents produce like all of his projects. So they were able to get locations and whatnot. And there's a scene in assholes where you have this really schlubby actor and Betsy Brown, who's Peter's sister, just going through times square and like walking into an AMC movie theater and they're just harassing people and they look gross. And you can tell like, it's not staged. They're actually just harassing people. And it's very amusing. It's very, uh, uh, well, felt very relatable for what we've been doing with Mass State Lottery. Um, 
and I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought, all right, for, for as amateur as this film is, um, I think there is something to this. And I haven't seen Actors, which is Betsy Brown's directorial debut, which they both star in. Um, but I don't know. There's there's a sort of kinetic energy to those films that I think also Scary 61st has, although it's a much slower paced film, um, that I think is kind of fun. As to whether or not it overlaps with anything that Alex Lee Moyer is doing, uh, not with Alex's work, but maybe, maybe slightly more so with TFW No GF, where you have... Uh, you know, you're you're pulling people's real character here and using it in a cinematic manner. Maybe maybe so much as far as that goes. But I like that. I like real. That's part of the reason why I really like that feeling when no GF. So if there's that sort of congruency, I'd definitely be interested to like watch more of the films that are coming out of this scene because mm-hmm. I think that that's a really interesting thing creatively in terms of adding a cinematic quality to people's like real real characters and being able to kind of like like uh portray like the nuances of like the current moments like neurosis or whatever yeah which is i guess what i was hoping more from this specific film i was hoping to to see more of that spirit like expressed in that sense or for it to have sort of a, a broader message about the current moment but i guess that's just like a personal preference i guess and maybe because i'm like adam curtis brained i'm always expecting it to like have this like bigger like right thing or whatever but yeah i i don't know maybe i i'm judging it by like wrong metrics in that sense so i don't want to be too like overly critical but i did i did want there to be more of like an overarching kind of theme i guess there, other than there are sh- there's like short film festivals and, and movie festivals going on with this same group currently uh, i was talking to uj about the uh there's a uh uh, a screening series going on. I want to put my movie on there. Maybe if we can do it, there is that. There is there is uh, a definitely. There are those things that you were talking about in terms of like taking a person's like uh, natural character and kind of like making it dramatized in a way. But there's also just a lot of room to just be like whatever. Like we mm-hmm. just want whatever. And and just just and it, and it can and it can gross us out and it can it can you know kind of lull us, but at least it's different from all the bullshit that that the corporations that are in the AMC theaters and stuff. So yeah. at least it's it is I do feel like it is like viable and there's a lot of room there, especially if you're a young creative filmmaker if you want to do stuff. I think that right now is a good time to to. To try to 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 uh, yeah to just experiment and and to get to get it out there and I think that with Alex's war I do think I I remember hearing Alex Lee Moyer talking on some interview where she was saying like you know this next movie might get me canceled I might not be able to make it so I think maybe part of it is like fear you know I think maybe yeah, part of that was true. like the fear of like that's true of what was then they'll make it yeah then they'll make that damn hand I damn. honestly like. <laughs> And and yeah. I I like Hans, I have you said anything nice or positive on this episode so far? <laughs> Do I ever? <laughs> uh, no, because I feel like okay, um, yeah, you have the freedom of of creating things that maybe the you know the industry or whatever are not going to let you get away with. But at the same time, it's like if it's all going to be shit because it's whatever, then what's the point of actually doing it? Well, if hold you... on, did you think this movie was shit? No, 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 not this one. I, I just mean like what, what Anthony was just saying that uh, you have more uh space to experiment and do things but there's also that 
what's the word apathy i guess of uh of uh well if it comes out good then okay and if it doesn't then who cares i put it out you know i i don't like that mentality because then what you're doing is just polluting the medium with more bullshit that's unnecessary instead of actually putting effort into you know this is what i want to do and i, I want to be quality to go against the bigger industry or whatever you want to call it because i feel like if you have that against you and that's what's not letting you express yourself to the limit that you want to express yourself you're doing a disservice to what you're trying to do by not going far enough and if you're going to do a documentary about alex jones who's this uh character that's that uh divides people very clearly uh if you don't go far enough then what's the point of doing a, a little portrait of this person without really digging deep into what makes this side likes him and this other side not like him as much yeah. uh so that that's the, the thing that kind of bothers me because same with this dime square thing i'm not familiar with that at all this is the first time that i ever hear this this uh term but i feel you like have high serotonin levels <laughs> the, what i feel like uh, from and same with hipsters where it's like are we too cool to try are we too cool to you know make an effort so i just put it out because whatever it's just out and it's me so it's cool and i, I hate that mentality like i hate that thinking because at the end of the day it's like sure it's content it's it's something that you can consume but what are you getting from it other than spending an hour and a half on, on something that leaves no impression or anything on you i agree with you 50 50 i agree with you instinctively but at the same time i feel like things are so fucking bad right now that if there is a place where people are just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks mm. even if we're not getting uh great uh like what would be considered great like cinema from it it's still something that is i guess important in the process of striving towards creating a new culture which is the reason why i do want to be charitable even despite having philosophical disagreements mm -hmm. uh like the, the the like you said like it's this sort of anti-industry thing but at the same time not going full balls to the wall and becoming an outcast kind of shows that you still have some in intent of getting right. your foot in the door like you said she's she could very well be making the rittenhouse documentary next year or something right so there is a certain line you have to tell it's the same thing with alex jones despite the fact that a lot of what he says is anti-establishment on the surface it always leads back to vote for the Republicans or, you know, because that's where his fucking bread and butter is. So right. how intellectually honest can he be when everything he says is rooted to this specific goal? I, or thing? I, I wouldn't say Alex Jones is like vote for Republicans because he was like super anti-Bush. Well, right. Yeah, they did make a point of saying now, I now. Mean, poor, no, that's not true. He poor, was against Bush. <laughs> he's a poor example. I would say like a Candace Owens, for instance. Mm -hmm. Like he, Candace, Candace Owens is like paid by like fucking prank, Coke, the Coke, Coke money, or, money yeah. and prank. So how intellectually, even though she says stuff that I agree with some of the time, how intellectually honest can she really be when her she's incentive incentivized to kind of lead back to what she's being paid to lead right. back to in that sense? And that's kind of where my skepticism is. It's not that what these people say or what they present isn't good or novel. It's like what are you being incentivized by, and what are your goals? is your goal to create this like free freewheeling balls to the wall art scene where people can experiment or is it to rattle enough cages to get some attention 
and get some eyes on you and then sort of conform to the model once the opportunities mm. from the attention are like well, that, presented th- that's one of one of the oh, let me yeah. just before i forget yeah, 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 uh, yeah. one of the biggest issues that i had with scary of 66 or 56 or whatever the title is i always get it wrong I, I always get it wrong uh is that it, it was um marketed as this movie about epstein and oh my god we're going to delve into the epstein thing and then you watch it and it's like oh my god epstein wasn't this bad i'm gonna masturbate in this bed because it's hot and i was like what like that's the message that's what made that's... that movie great hans it would have been boring if it was about <laughs> epstein there's enough about epstein but if you're using that as a sort of uh like star 80-esque uh context to everything that's happening a haunted house movie is so disrespectful you should like that. You should like that it's disrespectful to the victims, right? I still haven't seen it yet. I where it's hard to find in the UK. Like where can I find it online? I'll send you a link. Just go to Pirate. <laughs> yeah, just, you, yeah. Uh yeah. it's just a it's it's kind of like a half-hearted uh Giallo film. That's all that is. If you're looking for Epstein, then go watch that netflix yeah. documentary on him where they <laughs> the obama produced documentary <laughs> yes <laughs> as, but it's just like as somebody who was like an, an ex like poisoned with like lefty brainworms person whenever something takes on an anti-establishment posture i'm critical and skeptical now more so after having been absorbed into that kind of thing and it doesn't mean that these um counter-cultural milieus don't have potential or that they're not producing anything mm-hmm. novel they often do Throughout history, that's been the case whenever art movements have arisen, no matter what side of the political spectrum they come from or whatever their cultural signaling may be. Um, but at the same time, there's always like a incentive structure and an agenda. And that's kind of what I'm interested in before I'm like wholesale in favor of anything. And like, there are lots of things that take on these sorts of radical anti-establishment postures in order to get attention, because obviously it's like divisive and blah, blah, blah. But then as soon as that attention is on them, they then capitalize on that attention by like, uh, going back into the establishment in some way so like in this case it would be actually more being like oh look at me i'm this edgy like outsider filmmaker but now i'm like working for tucker making a tucker Gosden documentary or like a Rittenhouse documentary and i'm this established i'm part of the establishment right media right instead of this sort of independent freewheeling art art person and like i'm not i don't blame anyone for doing like to each their own it's just like you have to be honest about how we excavate this stuff. Exactly. Get yeah. your money. It's fine. Like, don't yeah. starve yourself. But then, but then don't wave the flag of look at my independence and how yeah. brave I am when you're yeah. being bought by the other side, you know? Well, yeah. Hans, what I wanted to get at before was you seem to be very critical of a certain uh, uh, niche of filmmaking that is presenting itself as the alternative or whatever, yeah. but doesn't go far enough. It, would you say that that's fueled? by your uh, vehement disdain for the bonfire legend movies? No, no, no. I think (laughs) my biggest problem is that I don't like what this side is putting out because a lot of it feels very forced and very dishonest. But then when you label yourself as the thing that's fighting against that and all you're doing is the same thing with a different color on it, then it's just like, what's what's the point? So you're the one that's supposed to be fighting that. And then you watch what they produce and you're just like, this is just yeah. a pain by numbers thing that is exactly the same thing, but he's just saying that the opposite politics. So it's the same thing, but just presented a little bit different. So my problem is that, that you're not fighting anything. You're doing the exact same thing for your own crowd. So presenting it like that is very dishonest. And that's why I have an issue with it. And also because I think criticizing 
the other side for what they're doing. Most people do that already. And when you uh, when you go like that, we're, with the you know we're we're fighting against that. I'm a little bit more critical to them because we know what what their side is presenting already. So the fact that you're fighting against them while doing the same is kind of like then what's the point? You know? Do you, you think have, that this documentary is even going to reach people who aren't already no. fans of Alex Jones no. or, or positive no, no. leaning? No, absolutely not. You have to divorce yourself from from politics if you're going to to yeah. involve yourself in in uh, cultural movement and and. If you're going to have, it's, you know, you can sort of liken it to new Hollywood and you can call it no Hollywood. And this is this is the no Hollywood uh, moment where, we, you know, we, we're completely out of the studio. We don't give a fuck about the studio. And this is but it has the same type of feeling that those new Hollywood movies which is like about the people who are involved in whether they're in cells or they're they're They have a podcast or whatever it is like, you know, like like uh the 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 um, alienation and antisocialness that the internet has created to where we think we can't talk to people, we think we can't have sex with people or get laid or, or flirt or anything like that. We, we, and it all is like it's all perpetuating by being online, by by like you know um, seeing e girls and not you know trying to get into their DMs and, and not getting a response or, or getting dragged by them publicly. You know they share your DMs. But it's like. Like there, there, there's all this, there's all this stuff there that you don't have to uh, involve politics in because, uh, you know, if anything, you know, if, if you know, if you look at United, you know, the U.S. politics, it's completely broken. So if it's broken, it can't be fixed, and you're gonna have to just figure out something else when you know while the grown-ups get their shit together or somebody rebuilds something or it's it's completely broken. So every every uh, everyone whether it's you know, they're, they're saying that they're a Republican or they're saying they're trad cat or some of these like all like just empty, empty things it, it, it is, And that's why there's just no nothing is sticking because it's just so it's so it's attached also, to this. It's also thing. about it's also about it's also. Yeah, politics is like it's also about culture in the sense as well, because it is countercultural or at least it's like posing itself as like countercultural. Um, and I guess. One has to do, dilig- do their due diligence in terms of like investigating how true how true that is, um, but at the same time, like I I agree with both you and Hans. Like I'm like a I'm like a like perpetual centrist on everything. I can't help it. It's because I'm an Aquarius. Like I, I just can't help it. Me too. But, like I agree. <laughs> Are you as well? Oh my god, brother, brother. Air sign. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. master race. But yeah, I, I guess I agree with Hans in the sense that we do need to think critically about these things. But then I also. I'm very I'm more willing to be charitable towards things that are about experimentation because of how rare that is these days and like we do we are I think what Hans is saying is that like if you do it and you don't go the whole way you're basically just contributing to the cultural ennui that we're currently experiencing so what's the point like you're compounding it whereas like what you're saying is that the culture on re already exists so why not try to do something about it and i can like i can i can get behind both of them i i i really don't know i think i think only time will time will tell yeah i agree to... I, I agree oh. with you hans when you said that uh, just don't do it i think i think you're right i think like that that tf no gf is like tfw no gf is like that was more of like where she could could have kept going instead of 
trying to go on into the subject that like you're afraid of being canceled for. So don't even go into it. Just go mm -hmm. keep keep doing what you're doing and, and, and make it about these little movements that are going on or, or, or you know, do something on Curtis Yarvin. No one's done anything on him yet. So you, you know, he's a weird, you know, hang out with him at his house and have him, you know. I still don't he's kind of played out now in my opinion Curtis he? Yarvin please tell me who he is he just did Tim Dillon like... recently too yeah and yeah. I didn't understand I was like was this a conceptual art piece was this like what the fuck is going on right now he, I he's, tried he's, he's America's he's America's foremost monarchist is he really a monarchist or is he like joking like I don't understand he made he did that essay which had like elves no elves he's a real monarchist elves. Oh wow. oh wow yeah okay <laughs> he got in trouble with that but he's like a real he's that's what i'm saying it's like that's that would be a more interesting sort of profile yeah. especially sort of culturally because a lot of a lot of those a lot of people know who he is a lot of the, yeah. the same tfw no gf kids know who curtis yarvin is and um he's a little he's he's less of a firebrand than than alex where it's like yeah. you just think sandy Hook, whereas yeah. like curtis you're like what is this weirdo talking about and if you let him talk and you listen to some of his interviews he's he's more I mean, he comes from his parents were in the deep state or whatever you know the parents were all like you know state department and grew up all over the place and he's like but he so he's he's, he's sort of his ideas like uh, the you need like a great man like the fdr or abraham lincoln or george washington like every 75 years in America, we have these changes of like regimes and that we're basically living out the, the, like the dead FDR regime. And that's why nothing's happening. So we need somebody to come in and why Trump was like, not the guy, although he looked like the guy. And so, so the right thought he was the guy, they thought they were getting a King, but they were just getting a businessman. And, you know, and he, he's basically saying like, it's going to come from the right, but speak to the left. Whoever the big guy is going to be, whoever the, the the new or girl is going to be, but that and then and then and then and then he I mean his, his but he's an interesting guest to have on because he he can talk about anything at at, at length. I would, a bit. Uh, he's, you should get him on the pod. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't manage more than an hour of that Tim Dillon episode. Yeah, he, I was yeah. totally fucking. Well, I don't listen. I I can't do Tim Dillon. I don't care who this he's talking. Yeah, I'm well, over Tim Dillon as well. Like Tim too. Dillon's stick is very easily identified. Was that interview serious though, or were we were we being had off? I think I you're know. being had off. I think he was just fucking yeah. around. Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. He was on he, when to... he was on my show. That's that's what I wanted to get him on for because he was doing all of these like serious interviews, and I wanted to just get him the because he sounded really funny. So we did like uh, the the new Pope with uh, Jude Law. We talked about that and just to oh, kind of yeah, get him yeah. to fuck off a little bit or just you know have fun. <laughs> but but uh, he did a good he did good like Thaddeus Russell. Couple years ago, that was a nice like two and a half hour like where he's coming from. But at this point, I think he he sort of oversaturated himself, and then he put out that Hobbit thing that got everybody all triggered. But I, which was just sort of like a, I don't know. I think I think what was the point were... he was making with that? Because I read that because I'm on his Substack email <laughs> list or whatever, yeah. and it was essentially that uh, you can't really do much of anything with these right wing figures. You're going to need someone from the left to essentially be a double agent, right? Well, That's what he was going on about. Yeah, it's it's saying that there are people that are that are your betters or so, like people who are, let's say, the elites, who actually don't want to poison you, who don't 
want to, you know, uh, hurt you, who actually give a shit about the hobbits and, and don't want them to, to be hurt. But you can't have, like, the hobbit be the king or something. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's really, I thought it was really interesting because, like, over the last... And that's this is especially what Trump, like, tapped into, which is why he was so successful, was sort of the populist, or at least, like, economic populist portion of the right, the hobbits. Um, mm-hmm. And especially now that there's like a economic crisis on the horizon, like it kind of felt like read the room, motherfucker. You can't just be like, oh, look at me. I'm an elf. Yeah. And like, I just love that I look more like an elf than Curtis Yavin ever will. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, yeah. Cur- like Curtis is, to... he looks more like a wizard. Yeah. Or a, a goblin. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I just thought it was kind of. Yeah, or a banker that, from like, Harry Potter. <laughs> that, that was that. <laughs> But that's the thing. The I think same. people were waiting to jump on him because he's Jewish. jump on it. But it's the same rift so that's on the left. Because right. mm-hmm. on the left, you have like the bourgeoisie or whatever, and then you have like the sort of working class constituency, and they're like always at odds with each other. Yeah. But this was like showing that same rift yeah. exists on the right too, as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Exactly, so exactly. But the thing is, the right, the left can like sigh up. The bourgeois of the left can like sigh up yeah. there constituency more because they tend to be more educated mm-hmm. so they can like brainwash them with the gender stuff and the critical race yeah. theory but on the right you're gonna have a hard fucking time yeah. uh fucking psyoping them with all of your fucking bougie like they don't even know what you're deliver. fucking talking about like ted cruz yeah. would be like what are you talking yeah. i have no idea i'll, I'll say and the I words like, but you know I, yeah i'll say the meme i feel I like know. it made him lose credibility with the more economic populist portion of the right and that rift kind of came to a head, but it was going to come to a yeah. head eventually. Yeah, they were um, they were waiting to jump to jump on yeah. to like just to. It's to interesting. Just, but I love observing this stuff, but I can never fully. Um, it's the same thing with Alex Jones, like as a media, like I can never really fully untangle it because there's just so many layers to like these different online presences, the law that surrounds them, and like they're, they're mythic figures almost. It's, like yeah, what what ends up happening to 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 figures like that is that they they end up it ends up becoming about money. Yeah. They got kids, they got bills. It's like yeah, all right, my message isn't getting across to you know, with in terms of Alex. Like my message isn't you know I'm not getting enough traction with subscribers. I got to start selling pills. With Curtis, it's like all right, the right aren't really listening, so I'm gonna just kind of try to softly pivot back over to the left and see if we can get some people over to a different side and um and and then and then i'll you know and then just try to you know go on tim dylan show and get more subscribers <laughs> or, you know because oh, I, I you know i don't think he's like a millionaire or anything so I, at, at the end of the day it all becomes about you know as, as mark said about economics and it's yeah. all about money at, at the end of the day and, and they got to figure out how to he's know. he's actually buried like a couple of feet away like in highgate cemetery oh yeah we live like around the corner from oh really marx is buried yeah i showed him i go there to show him a picture of hassan and to be like this is now your legacy <laughs> <laughs> the only thing i know the only thing i know of carl's carl marx is what other people have said about him i've never read any of that i can't read that stuff that's why it's never po- political i'm just I'm too yeah. stupid i'm I'm, yeah. I'm not even a hobbit i'm like a a, a dwarf in the, a dwarf. in the fucking hills like you know pounding rocks <laughs> I want to be an elf, yeah. but I'm not like, you know, I, I'm not like cool enough to be an elf. I'm not like an, a tech billionaire. So, you know, <laughs> you could be an elf. Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was really interesting as well, because like Alex Jones obviously has risen to mythic status. Uh, Curtis Yarvin has like risen to mythic status. There's so many different political figures 
who have managed to arise to like this mythic status and um i feel like people like alex lee moyer and like what they're sort of like chronicling these myths in a way yeah. and um sort of chronicling how these men you know normal flesh and blood men were able to achieve like a kind of apotheosis through tapping into the frustrations of the culture um and like th like that's what i'm saying is like that there's so many different themes that like it teased up like my brain was ticking as i was watching it but it never followed through with with any of them <laughs> um and the, yeah yeah i, I didn't know it was it was weird it was like yeah anthony does any of the january 6th etc stuff interests you at all or i mean what what did you think was the strongest point of alex's war oh he's really thinking about um he's froze yeah, he's frozen. Cisco, yeah. you're frozen. Robocam. Oh, am I still? Yeah, you're. I mean, you're just frozen. You might want to turn your cam off and put it back on. Oh, oh, there you go. That better? Um, I guess, but no. like a fresco painting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're back. You're back. You're back. I think the, uh, the I, I mean, I like the Bohemian Grove stuff. The January 6th stuff was interesting in terms of like a document of, I like, I liked uh, the footage that she, that she got from and I, I, and I like the, what you see, what I saw from it was mostly uh, um, like people who were just like, had no idea what they were doing and, and how, uh, what the, what the um, consequences of their actions were going to be. And uh, the, the organizers also not knowing what the consequences of their actions would be. And you see him, yeah, he's trying to move people, but people at that point people weren't moving. It was, it was, it was you know, I, I, my, uh, I, uh, yeah. Again, it's, it's, it, it was a good to me. The whole Alex's war thing is, is uh, this guy. It's like I don't think that if you are a political person that you should be you know, listening to Alex Jones very much or something like, I feel like it's, it's just not, it's, um, it's kind of dangerous if you're taking what this guy's saying too seriously. Yeah. He might, it, as an entertainment thing, as a kayfabe thing, as you, as you were saying, Angie, it's like, uh, yeah, he, it's, it's fun. It's funny. It's, it's like, wow. But then you, you see what the consequences of, um, taking it to, to the Capitol or something like trying to make it connect and make it real and and, and really like this new right thing has it has no momentum and it doesn't have any direction and nobody can can kind of uh, especially alex jones can can figure out like what what the step forward is and it definitely isn't going into the capital because it's going to like scare the shit out of people it's hard to talk about because obviously like <laughs> what happened at the capital was like like dumb and directionless or whatever but at the same time the response to it was disproportionate like the january 6th committee like is a it's a it's a branch of congress i believe and that it shouldn't have like extra judicial powers to like get people's information and like um put pressure on third party companies in order to release things like their private banking information or yeah. their data right. the trial itself like 
certain people were even detained without, you know, there's all kinds of human rights abuses and things. And also the surveillance state stepped up, the national security state stepped up. Biden declared a national war on domestic terror um, and the sort of category for what consists of domestic terror is like pretty amorphous. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's like anytime January 6th is talked about, it's never talked about with nuance of okay yeah some dumb that dumb shit happened but then look at what happened after in terms of that and she didn't really go into any of that which i thought would have been more expedient if she wanted to kind of uh this sort of portray it in a less critical light well i'm not saying she was trying to do that but i mean in terms of not harp not focusing too intently on the actual incident itself yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah i mean that would have been a whole because because that would have been really interesting because all that shit started like at the last year of Obama's uh, pre- uh, presidency with like the – I don't think it was the State Department. It was, it, it, was, uh, it was like CIA or whatever releasing this thing about expanding what, what a domestic terrorist is. I mean, they put like vegans in there. They put like mostly it was mostly like white uh, white rain, white white wing ring extreme. Are you me? It's a hard word to say. It's a tongue twister that one. But it's like they 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 kind of set the foundation. And in a sense, it's like did they do that because they knew all this other shit was going to happen? Whether it was a pandemic or it was it was going to be economic downturn or it was like were they expecting uh, this this type of um response because the response isn't even so much about the the biden uh election it's mostly about the people not not being sort of hurt feeling heard mm-hmm. taken yeah. care of exactly. or their exactly. needs being met exactly. and exactly they think because you know but you got this guy trump who at least talks to them and isn't isn't like uh saying that they wish they were fucking dead like most libs do exactly. and you know exactly. so it's like so exactly. so it's, but like, the, the, it's yeah. like i wish the documentary had like shone like daylight on that on this but shit like i think completely. it i think it yeah, did, right. I did like it, it did kind of prove exactly what you were both talking about though that basically there is no head of this thing that it's like an energy that it's not really like a movement as such that it breaches all of these mm-hmm. sorts of amorphous areas mm-hmm. and that if someone as mythic as you've said and legendary and charismatic as alex jones can't even wrangle them into some sort of coherent thing yeah <laughs> then who the who the fuck could uh, yeah, it all comes know. from it all comes from like the remnant of the um the occupy wall street movement like mm. every everything that that's going on the left and the right is is all i think a remnants of the sort of shattering of that occupy movement where it was we want your shit we want your money we don't want to fucking talk about free health care you guys have all this fucking money it was a very simple message which is the 99 percent versus the one percent who has everything very fucking simple there was no you didn't have to be a democrat or republican you could go down to occupy wall street i did i was taking pictures and stuff there there's all types of people there i knew you went there i just had a feeling <laughs> I, was, I was taking pictures and stuff because i want you know I, I like i like i went to that I, uh i was uh, in america at the time but i was like very young i was in high school when it was going on okay and i remember going to i, I was living in dc at the time with my mom and I went to one of the ones in DC and there were like boomer, like right wing boomer hippie, yeah. uh, right wing boomers there and like hippies. And like, it was like a hodgepodge of like complete, it was like this broad coalition. Right. And that's kind of what, when we were talking about Curtis Yarvin and like his elf thing, that's kind of what you see happening now with like the disgruntled, like 
uh, hobbits on the right and the disgruntled hobbits on the left. Yeah. And then like the elites on uh, versus like the elites like on both sides or whatever. And I thought because Alex Jones kind of is this weird figure that sits at the intersection of all of these different like axes that it would have been really interesting for Alex Lee Moore to kind of explore that in this as well. Yeah. Um, and also the shifting like political uh, I would have made it a series and if I was gonna I would have made like a three episode fucking thing and like really gone deep into like the first episode would have been like uh origin story second would be like Waco leading up to right. um uh Bohemian Grove and then the third one would be leading up to like January Do you, in, a, in a way Do it's, you think it's, that it's bigger than Alex Jones it's bigger yeah, this whole thing bigger than any of these people yeah. so it, it's about yeah. like like as soon as they got scared with the Occupy Wall Street. That's when Black Lives Matter. That's when uh, uh, transgender. That's when yeah. all of a sudden yeah. all these made up yeah. things started popping up yeah. and turning each other, turning the fucking sorry, but turning and, the fucking hobbits against each other. And, and that's yeah. and that's a most in, more interesting story too because they were able to turn everyone against each other and hold them as deities because that's how they see politicians. That's how they see anyone that speaks against the other side like uh something that i think is that uh, uh they they've um they've been able to just grab figures from the past like bush like like cheney as long as they say anything negative against trump uh everything is forgotten and now they're good yeah uh, and and the fact that they were able to do that to the regular people and now they don't focus so much on what they're not doing for them and instead they're focusing on well, we have to fight the other side because they're evil and our side, you know, don't say anything negative about them because they're fighting for us, even though they're not doing anything or making our lives any better. That's a more interesting subject to me than just let's follow Alex Jones and not really say much about who he is or what he's done. Yeah, it's like you, you were saying, Angie, about like how he's like he could be a sort of a sort of tool. Yeah, he, synthesis, it, it, antithesis. He's like a, he, a Hegelian right. figure or whatever, it's, where he's he's like a synthesis of these opposing forces, and that's like what makes him an interesting cultural figure is that he has that sort of anti. He's anti-Bush. He was anti-establishment, anti-war. But at the same time, he's also kind of embedded with like the right. At the same time, like he's still he's like he's at the apex of the, these two, and, it, and you're seeing it now where the left is embracing like war monger, war yeah. mongering in Ukraine, and the FBI you know, is good now. Yeah, and, the yeah. FBI is good. <laughs> yeah, think about the FBI's feelings. You know how many death threats they got this week? <laughs> oh no, because they raided Marlago. I mean, do you that's, think that's do you think Trump's thing. going down? Do you think they're actually no. going? No, I think that think Trump so. Trump could be part of that same thing that Alex. Jones is just as a, a, a useful tool yeah. to, to just be like, well, if you are a part of Trump, now you're an enemy. Now the, mm-hmm. the divide is growing further because mm-hmm. why not? Why? Why? Why is there this like energy behind Trump who had four years and he could have at the first day just like shut shit down and didn't do it? But like, why not go for DeSantis, who has a better track record, at least in his own state of going like shutting shit down and we're not going to do this. He still hasn't gone as far as like as like he could go, you know. Jail, jailing teachers who are talking about transgender shit to kids. You could just jail them, just fire them, fire them completely. Say we're not, we're not doing this union shit either. So you guys are fucking out. Well, so. I, I guess because I know I'm not, I'm not an expert at all. I'm just like an armchair person. But I guess just from my own personal like assessment, I think it's because there's not as much of a political divide among the elites as we think, mm-hmm. which is why Curtis yeah. Yavin can like kind of maneuver over to the left and kind of get cozy with Tim Dillon on like his podcast, like. 
the 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 elves quote unquote are they're the gob they're in bed with the goblins they are the goblins yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they're in bed with each other they go to the same universities yeah. went to the same schools eat in the same places their kids go to the same schools um so the the, the actual political divide is kind of like not it's not like that real um which is the reason why it's like constantly shifting which is why like like the the dnc is now like the haven of like fucking bush era neocons yeah. and like all of the people from the bush era now on the payroll of like cnn and yeah, msnbc right. and like this stuff like, but it, i think it also shows how dumb they are the people in power yeah. because if they just let trump alone then he would not be as strong as he is now but instead they're using government uh you think what do you call it now i think you'd be using the fbi against him yeah, and not using it against any any other president or politician that's done shit before what you're doing is incentivizing their base and mm -hmm. making him stronger if you just left him alone and just made fun of him then he would just go away but instead they are so hurt by the fact that he was able to expose all of these people and i'm not even like a a pro-trump person i think he's hilarious i think he's i don't know I, don't i get a picture of you in a maga hat hans from yeah vegas? <laughs> that was my yeah my girlfriend's mom oh, had like three yeah. maga hats when sure. we went to vegas oh. but 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 um they make them in costa rica you get me one? <laughs> one in england it had an eagle and it had like an american flag on it the was it was, it was yeah. very yeah very um Fancy. exaggerated oh but, but i wore that around london like, <laughs> they, would, they would like lean, like the libs would like lynch me the libs here are like they're like the rage virus uh zombies <laughs> from the, 28 days from 28 later. days later yeah <laughs> yeah but they're so hurt by that that they have to do as much damage as they want to him but his base is already against like every government uh entity right now so by doing things like this you're just making him stronger and now if he runs which is what i think they're trying to prevent he's going to have a lot of more people go for him because they're seeing what they're doing to him and it's so transparent and instead just fucking keep making fun of him and just whatever just do like every other president we just leave them alone as soon as they go if they're not running again uh but instead you know we're we're so hurt by this man that's so evil that you know they're doing unfair he, he things hands Trump was the naughtiest boy. Right, yeah. That's why he has to get all the special treatment. All the tweets. Oh, like those damn tweets. <laughs> you know, as far as like the, the different forms of coverage you can take on uh, this issue and all the multiple facets of it, I don't think that Alex Lee Moyer would be equipped to disseminate all of that and turn that into a documentary. I think that's probably something that's probably going to be the, the sequel to the plot against the president by uh, Amanda Milius. That's probably where that's going to go. And I, I don't know if this would have been as effective. Not that it necessarily has been effective. I actually think uh, the response to Alex's war has been more timid uh, mm. or, or tepid rather than uh, what was probably being expected. Because I don't see too many people talking about this film. No. I mean, there was a little blip where the Angelica Theater was putting like January 6th coverage instead of the trailer for this movie, even though they were wow. showing it in their theater. It's just like a passive aggressive fuck you. But um, wow. I don't know if this would have been effective as a, as a series. I think dropping it as a movie makes it seem more important. And um, I don't know. I don't know what the general response to this has been. It seems like it's been even Steven. It hasn't been extremely negative. It hasn't been extremely positive. It's just going to, I think it just might wind up being forgotten. Yeah. I think more people would have seen it if they'd have released it in a better way. 
mm. like eight quid purchase was like i'm only buying this because i do a podcast and i might even have and have a buddy that also then might like want to chat about it <laughs> yeah. at some point or something yeah. so fuck it i'll buy it but if i was just a, I, and i enjoy alex jones on joe rogan as like entertainment or whatever but it, just from that vantage point i wouldn't spend eight quid to watch a fucking documentary unless about i him. knew i was gonna get some novel fucking information yeah. from well it, yeah exactly which is the reason why but like... then i think even if that she did put it out for 150 or like something cheap on youtube just to get loads of people to watch it it would have the same response but with just a few more people maybe discussing yeah. how average it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean they didn't even yeah, go after like joe I... rogan in there about how like joe rogan was his friend for a long time and then just completely oh, yeah. fucking just kind of per- turned on him. Well, that was some other great footage they did show of, of them fucking running around yeah. uh, DC in the bush mask and mm-hmm. <laughs> all this yeah. stuff with that song that they put out as well, which is crazy. Hans, do you want to cross-check something real quick? Because after Alex Jones perjured himself, I heard that uh, Rogan removed his episodes from Spotify that he did oh. with Alex Jones, yeah. which... Has been done before. Uh, Joe Rogan, for as much as he likes to no. tote his own freedom on there, and for for some reason he's got this habit of kowtowing immediately once he comes under severe scrutiny, in spite of you know all of his wealth and his platform, uh, and the mm-hmm. fact he has a contract that's protecting him for the time being, he still will apologize for guess saying certain things on like episodes from twelve years ago. Um, you know, he has removed episodes with like Owen Benjamin or Gavin McInnes or, or these spicier figures. Um, Hans, <laughs> yeah, he has the the one with Tim Dillon is still up from October 2020. Well, that's one where he's fact checking him constantly, yeah. Yeah, constantly, where it's just not a fun episode so at all. That was not good. No, at all. And Alex got one. got really drunk, <laughs> just belligerent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that was his last Rogan one. Yeah. yeah. Are they not mates anymore. Yeah, they are. His best are ones recently not? have been on Flagrant. If you guys watch uh, Andrew Schultz's Flagrant, God, no, I can't, on, uh... I can't fathom Andrew Schultz. He just gives me a headache anytime I look. Yeah, at him. and, and uh, the he's like that New York guy. He's like, but way, way too New York. Like, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, but he's, uh, yeah, I don't like Andrew Schultz, but I, I, Alex Jones gets fucking wasted on those and just goes crazy as well which is oh, just fun good. yeah yeah that's good that's where he's at his best he's yeah, like, he should definitely. go back on impulsive i like the combination of him and logan yeah. paul i feel like logan paul well. will be president in like 25 <laughs> years i, I want to talk to him i wouldn't say that's a crazy yeah. bet, man. i really wouldn't uh, the way we're going <laughs> i want to talk to alex jones because he's an aquarius as well and i feel like our third eyes would just like open ah. and like it would just be a you could probably get Alex. Uh, you've had uh, Anna Katchian from Red Scare. You've had yeah. Uh, yeah. Zizek, right? Yeah, yeah. we had Zizek. Yeah, you can yeah. you can get Alex Jones if you find the right email address. You can get Alex Jones. Get Alex I Jones. would love to. I really would. I would. I think it would be a very interesting conversation. I would. I want to see if I could get him. If I could be disarming and charming and English enough to get him to drop the kayfabe a little bit, <laughs> just like you know. Like, just to see, like, at a pier behind the curtain or whatever. Yeah. You know, we oh, tried yeah, to get uh, another political figure on this show to talk about the movie Taxi Driver. We reached out to John oh. Hinckley Jr., <laughs> the man who shot oh. Reagan, and uh, oh. he ghosted us. That That's not going to happen, oh. it seems like. That would have been so enjoyable, though. I go, we, yeah. ghost, we got ghosted by Zizek for, like, the first year. It took me, like, two years to get Zizek on, like... <laughs> The first time I reached out to him, he was like, oh, I'm going through a depression. Like, I can't talk about <laughs> it right now. <laughs> and then I reached out a year later and he was more amicable. And then 
I also ha- was going to get Ariel Pink on our show because of the whole January 6th thing because he was there. I think him and John him, John Mouse, and uh, I yeah. think Alex Lee Moyer was the other one who went with those yeah. two. Yeah, mm. and I wanted to get Ariel Pink on a while back just to sort because it was he, he again January he wasn't there and he also kind of got his there's elements of his civil liberties that were like violated or whatever because of the whole thing and a lot of what happened to him was unfair but then when i spoke to him on the phone he was so incoherent and unable to contextualize his own experience coherently and i don't know if it's just because he was feeling a, a lot of trauma at the time but i didn't feel like it was the right time to get him on the show because i don't think i could have teased like a good interview out of him at the time mm-hmm. but if i was in his experience if i was in his shoes maybe i would also be too shaken to <laughs> mm-hmm contextualize my experience for a podcast or whatever well he just went on uh tim pool's podcast and they had to like cut it live because he was saying oh yeah i guess you gotta you gotta kill all the republicans if you're gonna shut them up and tim pool panicked and was like oh you can't you can't say that because the algorithm <laughs> and they just ended oh the God. show right there oh, oh wow. yeah he, he should yeah. just go back to doing music just don't say anything. that's a good idea yeah just do what you're doing. great music he's got great music i miss his music I liked uh, his first album a lot. Like, nah. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> well, Jake got nominated for a Grammy, so he should be the yeah. authority on what's good and what's not. Hey, that's the kind of response I like to hear. <laughs> uh, to to go back to your question about Alex Jones and JRE, the episodes are up on YouTube, but not on Spotify. On YouTube. Yeah, oh. yeah, because he was still on YouTube at that time when he did Eddie Bravo's one. Yeah, and that, the other one as well. 13 million that one views then the one with the alex jones return has 31 32 million and then there's one with tim dylan too yeah but on spotify there's only a tim dylan one it's hard though because these like huge dudes like alex and like joe rogan and stuff like there's they do it all the time and they're like so ubiquitous and like he like alex's show like we tune into infobos once in a while when we're bored Oh, it's hilarious. And, like, he's, like, on amphetamines. Like, he's fucking go, go, he's go drunk. all he's, the time. He's, like, he's drunk. Whatever he it is, whatever source of the source of his energy is, I don't know what the fuck it is, but he's, like, fucking on it constantly. And, like, I, I, I feel like it would take a toll, like, especially like, Joe Rogan having to do, like, it would take a toll. It would also take a toll on the quality of your what you're producing. A lot of the time, it's, it's filler. Like, there are certain segments on InfoWars that are, like, novel and interesting or like bombastic but a lot of it is just like fucking filler um it's classic talk radio like mm-hmm. you tune in sometimes and it's like oh my god this is gold <laughs> and then sometimes you're like jesus this is just fucking waffling yeah. on and on yeah. anytime i try to tune in i never get alex jones i always get owen schroyer on there oh I'm like, yeah, this oh, yeah someone else ah. well what about the other one who britain needs to like apologize to oh paul for? joseph watson he kind of yeah, disappeared is he not. still with Infowars? no he's he is he's still, still on the oh, okay. still on i thought there. he was uh because didn't Lauren Southern say something about... Uh, I think she was getting she picked down by video. Paul Joseph Watson or yeah, something. Yeah. Someone wow. said something. He disappeared. Wow. I don't know. He was he was huge, though, in 2016, uh, where massive. on YouTube, he was a massive presence. Massive. He was probably uh, as big of a character as Alex Jones, or very close anyway. Yeah. And then, nothing. Then he just kind of drifted, and now he's not really relevant. Well, it's also like how many videos can you watch of him just going mm, to the webcam? Imagine my something shot. like yeah, like oh, it's, uh, another one of those. That's great, very interesting. Thank you. But it was again, it was the whole like um, 
there was like the chud with the left there was like what i called the chud dunking industrial complex where they basically would clip uh right-wing guys and then make content dunking on them and it would get all this engagement in the algorithm and it created this like industrial complex where all anyone who was doing political commentary was incentivized to do was like dunk on chuds and then on the right wing side of youtube it was like the most bombastic absurd fucking clickbaity thumbnail like it was a whole and it's like it was unsustainable it was always going to be like you'd have to be like a machine to not burn out from that being your output Mm -hmm. constantly so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of these people sort of slink off into the distance eventually because and especially now, I, I guess there's like the the since the vibe shift or whatever, there's there's a sort of a cultural fatigue around that kind of content. Yeah. Um, but then again, Alex Jones, because he's he kind of went off the general internet. He was sort of building infowars since the beginning and sort of directing people towards his website. So he's always had this like very loyal base. So even when he did get kicked off. Of every platform he still had info was to retreat to well, it boosted it yeah it boosted just like canceling always so does he had people. real clout uh before whereas youtube is like fake clout because just because someone watches your video and subscribes to your channel doesn't mean they're really engaged with you in that sense so even if you get a view um, a, a, a video that has a million views on it or whatever that doesn't necessarily mean anything for you as like a political figure or it doesn't necessarily mean you have people who are super invested in your work it means they were invested in that video Mm -hmm. specifically or that video so happened to uh do well but the reason why alex jones is more is so powerful is because the people who go to infowars are people who are specifically seeking him out yeah and they're people who have been engaged with his private personal platform for um decades and i think he always anticipated or knew that he was going to get kicked off of everything that's why he had been building info was as its own separate website for decades prior um and then he had a soft landing when he eventually got yeeted off everything yeah, um, yeah. well they, they said in a recent court report anybody. he's worth 200 million dollars do you guys buy that yeah i can see that well, I mean, in terms of assets and uh, the company yeah. they yeah i think if they, if you put it in context of uh they revealed some income of like $800,000 a day just on the food that he was selling. What, the apocalypse bucket? Yeah, the apocalypse nice. buckets. That's if hilarious. He, and if that's just on the food, not <laughs> the vitamins and all the other stuff aside, if that's just the food, one day, $800,000, 200 million is maybe not like a, a, a bad shout. Mm. Yeah, but you, he's quite. He conceals it quite well. He's not like ostentatious, yeah. if that's the case. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a, a Hulk Rolex. That's nice. That's that's yeah. a good twenty eight grand watch he's wearing. Yeah, but I, I, it's like it's also like you don't have anybody uh, to replace Alex. You don't have anybody to replace Tucker Carlson. Really, you don't have any any young person around our age like who's as bombastic. What are you talking about? There's Nick Fuentes, the new Tucker Carlson. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I I, I can't see it. <clears throat> and it's I, also because cool. it's harder to build because these Alex Jones is one of the few media figures who didn't rely on legacy media to build his profile he did it all organically on his own and managed to siphon off his audience into his own he was smart in that sense um and then you have other people like tucker carlson who are legacy media figures in that sense and managed to sort of get the leg up but like now the people who are coming up they're not just incentivized on the pure strength of their personality and their insight they're playing 
fucking algorithm games. Right. Which is why everything feels fake and gay, because in order to make it, you gotta be fake and gay. Yeah. Like, it's part of the reason why, like, Jake and I only, we're, we have like a sadomasochistic relationship with our artists. We only release episodes when like we feel like it and like when we have something to say because yeah. otherwise it wouldn't be fun. And like as a couple doing a podcast, if you're doing anything creative as a couple, like you shouldn't, it shouldn't be, not, it has to be fun. Otherwise you're going to resent each other or whatever. Yeah. And even as like a person doing it on your own, like it doesn't make sense to, it, 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 it's hard to focus on cultivating the strength, the confidence, all of those things to be as bombastic as an Alex Jones or as a Glenn Greenwald or as a any of these charismatic media figures that we are, we, we have when you're like playing bitch boy to an algorithm and trying to tailor everything you make in order to kind of receive the most engagement constantly. Um, so if, you never know, Paul Joseph Watson could have been a new bombastic figure, but because he was sort of following the incentive structure of YouTube to a T, he kind of aborted that potential. It got cringe quick in a way that Alex it couldn't. Did. YouTube makes cringe out of all of us. I mean, there's videos of me in like fucking mermaid costumes and shit. Like it's literally <laughs> like, it makes a cringe lord of everybody who touches it. And it's like designed specifically that way um, because you're, you're working for YouTube to bring ads to themselves. They don't care about you. They care about you feeling incentivized to keep putting things on their platform so they can keep generating profit from it or whatever. So it's very difficult for, there are some figures that are rising that I really enjoy. A lot of them coming out of the podcast scenes, a lot of them coming out of all these different things. But in terms of like YouTube and like these sort of alternative media things, it's difficult because you, clout chasing comes before cultivating a voice and a personality and a mind and all of those different things that make you unique and interesting to listen to. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's why we'll struggle to find another, another Alex Jones. Uh, who are yeah. you enjoying right now that that's coming out of a podcast scene? Um, I don't know. It changes constantly. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like that whole really... Twitter sphere that was, uh, kind of built upon perfume nationalists has just fractured and is spreading out oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. uh, dissolving. It was, like, I, it was the, it was the whole kind of, I think. I don't know everything about everything in that sphere, but I think it was like the hobbits versus elves thing coming to a head. Mm. And that was the primary contradiction that made that whole sphere kind of fracture. But in terms of like um, people who, in terms of people who I find like interesting currently, um, I'd have to think about it because I want to be mindful about who I say, but like they're in terms of like just interesting things i see a lot of stuff going on in that space and also in terms of like you know weird art spaces on the internet even even this, the milieu that like this movie came out from out from as well like there's a lot of interesting novel stuff going on um but it's difficult with the tools that we have currently in terms of really pushing these forms to their extremes um you're kind of incentivized to focus more on like the attention game um which kind of sucks, uh, but yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's that's kind of how I see it. What about I only you? Watch comedy podcasts. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I only watch comedy podcasts, so I don't like. Uh, it first sounds really bad, yeah. but like it's literally uh, yeah, that's my kind of filler when I'm like either playing video games or something. So um, the the smallest comedy podcast I watch is probably um, either Adam Ray or this guy called Rick Glassman. 
Um, but other than that, like your name dropping, like everybody who extent. who Red Bar covers negatively uh, between Andrew Schultz <laughs> oh, really? and Rick Glassman and all these these fellas. I don't I don't watch uh, I don't watch Andrew Schultz. I find him just as irritating as you do. I only watch him when he's got like a guest that's like, oh fuck, Alex Jones. Yeah, let's like watch mm-hmm. that kind of. But uh, no, Rick Glassman's good fun. Like he, he's all right. And Adam Ray, I enjoy his comedy. He's he's he's, he's kind of fun. But I like a lot of writers as well. The reason why I'm I'm like reluctant to mention anyone is because like that the realm is so contentious and like these friend foe alliances are constantly like forming and I don't want to name anyone because I don't want to be associated <laughs> with anyone mm-hmm. like I'm like very much in my like own like corner and I like it that way but there I I think that there's like novel stuff and people are trying which is the reason why as much as I agree with Hans about like the like you know going the full way and not like contributing to cultural ennui or whatever i also kind of i also agree with slothman in the sense that like it's good when there are spaces that arise where people are experimenting and doing anything especially like in this day and age so uh, part of me also wants to be charitable and that's why i don't want to mention names and stuff because it's like you know if people are making stuff then that's always good in my opinion Um, right well, what I was going to ask Hans is because whenever you pull up a video on this show, I notice you have like Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram <laughs> in your recommendations. So that's clearly what you're tuning into. No, it's because uh, so so- who are the hip new voices, Hans? Sometimes I watch like the Gottfeld clip, but uh, uh-huh. or that's Tucker. why it's entirely Fox News in your in your recommends. <laughs> no, um, the, what I when it comes to podcasts, what I mostly listen to is just comedians being stupid. Uh, I like Matt and Shane. Uh, I like yeah, uh, Matt and Shane's great. Although that history series they did with the presidents with yeah, Louis with was Louis. fucking great. Have you guys yeah, seen yeah, Louis' yeah. new movie? By the way, I was I'm I, we no. might check it out. Even though similar to Alex's war, it's like fifteen dollars. Uh, yeah. Nobody's pirating it yet, so you can't get it for free. Um, yeah, but you get an audio commentary from Louis, so it's well worth your your fifteen bucks maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh whoa! I want to. I didn't know he had a new movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's hardly movie. in it. It kind of had a quiet premiere, uh, maybe about a month and a half ago at the Angelica Film Center, and it's called Fourth of July. And he does not star in it. it. Stars a guy who is far less charismatic and interesting, named Joe List, who's a comedian. Yeah, Joe. Um, so that I that's really want to see the Kevin Spacey film as well, <laughs> the new Kevin Peter Five Eight. He's got more films coming out too. Like Hans, didn't we post about uh, some other movie he's doing where he's like a Catholic priest or something? It's got like a bunch of B list actors in it. What what is the name of this movie? I sent the poster. He's like the Pope <laughs> or something in this film. Oh my god! Let me search for it. Hold on. I think Mickey Rourke was in it, and it was found that way. Eric Roberts yeah. might be in it. Are these like his? Are these self-produced projects? Who's like paying to make these? Movies? No, he's become one of these actors where, if you give him five thousand dollars and a plane ticket, he'll show up. Wow. <laughs> There's... We should we should put Kevin Spacey in something. We should fucking just like you guys should do it. You should totally fucking. I get would Kevin love to get Kevin. We we were gonna get Eric Roberts, and then we decided. Now nah, we can probably just bring everybody to Massachusetts and, sh- and film a whole thing with the same amount of money. Um, there are actors, and now there's like new actors in this club, including uh, Bruce Stern, who was the star of uh, Nebraska and King of Marvin Gardens. Really good actor. Uh, he will show up to any project for the right amount of money. John Malkovich is in this category now, where he's in a bunch of direct-to-DVD films. And then also the guy who played Merle on The Walking Dead is Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker is another actor as well. Well, he's always been kind of that, though, right? 
no, no, no. Michael Rooker was in like horror movies every so often. He wasn't doing like the best films, but now he will do any film. There's a movie on Tubi. uh, I forget what the title is, but he's in it with Bruce Willis and like some fighter who's in the MMA. And uh, then there's another film with that exact same cast, like the same roundup, Michael Rooker, Bruce Willis, and they look the exact same. So they'll do they'll do anything for between five and ten thousand dollars. I get the feeling that we're going to find out like more news about Bruce Willis and his like conditions and whatever Mm -hmm. in the next few years. It's going to like put a whole era of his films within like a certain bracket and you can kind of then go back and see him just like, oh, yeah. Well, the last what, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like the last, oh, where the fuck he is. Is like, it the last ten years that all of his movies just look like they've been shot in just one room, and he just looks very confused? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it uh, the man who drew God? Is that the Kevin Spacey movie, or is it no? It, it, it's a complete elite cast of B and C listers. Peter Five Eight. No, it's not. We watched Peter Five Eight the last time these two were on the show. It's uh, <laughs> it's there's no nothing about it yet except a poster. And he's like a cardinal. Peter Five is the one where he was like in the turtleneck. Because yeah. He, was a spy. yeah. he looked very bloated and he was doing his House of Cards accent. He was playing a hitman. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a website called supportkevinspacey.com and I'm there. Well, let's check that out. Maybe that'll have some <laughs> info. Oh my God. Did I tell you about the old Vic story last time as well? I don't think um, so. The Kevin Spacey basically had a residency at this very historic theater in London called the Old Vic. And that was where a lot of the molesting happened. Yeah, so he's um, in court for in the UK yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so like that. This is like, it, like Laurence Olivier performed there, like a lot of legend. It's like a legendary like theater yeah. or whatever. And now it's like associated with like molesting and, <laughs> and like stuff, which is pretty sad <laughs> well now the now the wokes took took it over and they canceled terry gilliam oh yeah oh that happened as well. <laughs> what did he do oh really what did he do he just said something mean i guess uh Left. not even i think like he said something about like women have approached me in the past and this and that you just have to kind of like know how to handle the situation and it's not quite as cut and dry as uh you know it's uh it, they make it He's seem and all of this kind too. of stuff yeah. yeah yeah and they were like oh you're like Oh, that was the, like, the yeah. worst thing you could have said. And, and you're a white man, and yeah. you've been doing all these uh, movies for years. How dare you? It's like, well, oh, fuck you, buddy. Like, well, there was some actress trying to get him canceled over uh, unsafe treatment on the set of some film that he did back in the '80s. I think it was like Baron Munchausen or mm-hmm. uh, one of those movies where some child actress was in danger. Oh, you know who it was? It was uh, the woman who's in everything that Ryan Murphy does. Who's on American Crime Story Sarah, and Horror Sarah Polly? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sarah um, Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Yeah. Paulson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Hans, if you want to look it up real quick, they removed it from his IMDb, but it's called 1242 Gateway to the West. Very, very angry lesbian, that Sarah Paulson. To the West. To the West. Scared of men, I think. Oh, yeah, I remember this poster. Okay, so this is being oh, wow. uh, hidden from his IMDb oh. at the moment. Can we just do a full screen on that poster so we can yeah. get a look at the names? <laughs> That's like so scary. Is this like a Chinese film? So we no, got Terrence Stamp, Eric Roberts, like Christopher Lambert. Oh, right. That's that's what it was. I, I think I just watched Highlander and I was like, what is Christopher Lambert up to? And then this poster oh, came <laughs> It says Lambert. Lambert. It says, when the great Mongolian army invades Europe in 1242, he doesn't expect that a Hungarian castle and a cannon will stop it. 
That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this like a low budget historical is he mongolian in this movie <laughs> yeah, like, confused is there a trailer no i don't think there's anything except oh, for this poster no. so far wait what is that poster Haas, with the statue with a wild one? poster eric just... roberts is in it that's great yeah. i think the 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 reason why that's i would it. decide it's not the reason why we <laughs> no, this feels like uh, something to drum up publicity so people can fund it. Yeah, no, there's no trailer for it. It's like a a fake GoFundMe like thing or what? What was that Kickstarter campaign? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, oh, there's quite the, cast. the main reason why we did, decided to not use Eric Roberts is because every movie we've seen from the past like ten years, all he does is just be in it for like five minutes in the same room, hammered. Uh, so we're like, what's the point of getting a drunk <laughs> Eric Roberts that's not even going to try and spend, what, like $5,000 on that? By the way, I used, it was $3,000, uh, but I used an alternative account and hit up his agent and said the same exact thing. And then he gave me a much lower figure, by the way. Wow. Just something to, to know. Um, <laughs> what, so like he knew who you were and was like, I'm going to charge this guy this money. Yeah, well, you... yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got him on the phone and he was like, all right, so what what kind of budget are you working with? And I was like, well, right. we shot this movie for X amount of money, and our casting budget is uh, very, very low. It's about this amount. And he said, all right, why don't you do $1,000 more than that whole casting budget you just gave me? And I said, I'll be in touch with you. Wow. And nothing happened. So oh forget God. it. Yeah, forget yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but well, that was, we, we, I mean, he was willing we all... to play in a non SAG uh, project, which is not surprising if you take a look at anything that he's been in. What was the RV one? We talked about this endlessly, oh, yeah. Hans, but Do there's really think... a cell phone movie that he did with his wife that he's in for like six or seven minutes. Do you think he would have been okay with sharing a house with all of us? Which yeah. is oh, how God. We're, <laughs> that's yeah. how we were no, handling we put him on the couch everyone. With you. Just. Yeah. Right. Great. The bunk beds is just right next to me, just hammered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck. I don't remember the movie. He's got like five hundred in production right now. Uh, what's he it? He will have the record by the time he's dead. Uh, I think Christopher Lee has it currently, but uh, Eric Roberts is going to top that. Christopher Lee is an English treasure. Mm. Um, we have we have the best actors, in my opinion. I don't give a shit what you guys say. Yeah, do you seem to be kind of killing? I don't agree. I, I, think, I think I think I think British actors are good when they're doing British actor shit. Oh, but when they do, very... when they do when they do American acting shit, they don't. Oh. That doesn't cut it. Blasphemy! Yeah. I can I think I could camouflage in an American in American feature. You know who's a great actor? You know who's a great actor? Kevin Costner. That's a great actor. You're gonna say Kevin oh. Spacey? <laughs> yeah, the guy from uh, Walking Dead was very good as a Southern American, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. He sounds southern. He sounds southern. You never know. The guy from Get Out. The, um, fucking the Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah. As well. Like, we've given you a lot of uh, raw You talent. could take them back. Take them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I found the, I found the trailer. That Michael Fassbender, are you kidding? Michael Fassbender. I haven't James seen him in 10 years. What has he been I know, where in 10 years? Where is daddy? Where the fuck is he? Where yeah. is Michael Fassbender? He, he like, disappeared dude. after shame. Because that was a fucking yeah. shame. Yeah. No, no, he disappeared after the snowman. That oh, no, that it was, was after X Men. X Men. Oh, X Men was it. after. Both him and McAvoy did X Men. Took the check and pieced the fuck out. He I got saw. another hole put in his head, and he went too loopy. Yeah, yeah he, he gets like holes drilled in his head. Apparently, like Whoa. he's into this like weird. Um... Yeah, this type of like psychedelic therapy where like 
literally opens your mind like it's fucking it's crazy weird, dude. like really weird there was great. an interview where he was talking about like getting holes drilled drilled into his like head com- isn't that what computer duster does to make holes in your brain <laughs> <laughs> all right let's this take a look at soul pursuit uh well, hold on what were the laurels there pinewood studios that's a that's, that's a famous a british one yeah british but it's lift yeah i don't know what lift off i think they might pinewood be cribbing studios. the name to sound more important <laughs> yeah, yeah i think so Probably. that sounds like a couple of guys that rented a room to uh do a mix what tell <laughs> what tells you that the fact that they use papyrus as the font for this <laughs> it's very official old time letter. yeah all right, hit play on this. Time. Oh. What the hell is going on? Your brother hit a school bus. Tonight, now. See, that's what I would have gotten. Him in a dark is your room. Drinking tonight, honey? His wife probably took. Answer your phone! Just calm down. Concentrate on the road. Get your ass there. He's a cop. What is this? Trisha Pyle. Now, if you look to the comment section, there's a comment from someone named Trisha. I love Eric Roberts. Gonna have to check this out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he got Noel G for Breaking Bad from like three episodes of Breaking Bad. Wow. Hell yeah. (laughs) See that panning shot? (laughs) See that shot? You see this? clunky drone shot <laughs> that was all shaky great stuff like this like scares me off of ever wanting to make a film stuff like this <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it's only halfway through by the way I watched this on Tubi uh, just because <laughs> and I can tell you it wasn't even worth it it ends with an R.I.P. to the dog the dog apparently died during or after filming now I'm fucking depressed oh, <laughs> yeah. oh no what is the movie about so, so here's what the movie's about Noel G who's that just guy's been screen. in that guy was in training day that Mexican what is this guy? filter that guy right there. That That's guy an was... iMovie filter. That's an actor right there. <laughs> he's the guy that plays Mexican on everything. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, how can you tell that he's Mexican? I'm not American, so I don't know. I just thought that like brown people like had their own language in America. No, he just America. plays Mexican. I think he's probably like Puerto Rican or Dominican or some shit. But he, oh, okay. he's always like that okay. gangster hey, Mexican. Do you know that? Do you yeah. know that for I mean, sure? He's like, Mexican. No. That guy's Mexican. I'll, Is I'll, he? I'm, I, I, I'll what does the G stand for? Gonzalez. <laughs> Gonzalez. What was Eric Roberts' big film? Uh, he had a like, few in the late. He had the Coca Cola Kid. He had Star Star Eighty. I think was probably the movie that made him a big star because he played uh, Dorothy Stratton's ex boyfriend Paul something who kills her and himself because she dumps him to go uh, fucking be in a relationship with Peter Bogdanovich, the director, and then he had. Um, Runaway Train with John Voight. That's a fun movie. We were going to do an episode on that ages ago. Maybe we still will, Cisco. And um, he he had Best of the Best, which was like his big action commercial karate movie, uh, Mm. Taekwondo movie. That was in the late 80s or early 90s. And then everything after that, once he hits like 1992, everything after is shit. 
as soon as his sisters became you know famous she usurped him yes julia yeah. roberts became the big uh sensation with pretty woman and oh. it was over for eric roberts but by the way did... the... oh sorry yeah go, go, go. i was no, just no, gonna no, say he did really... pop up in the dark night and that was like oh, his yeah. swan song really so the reason that's why... Where, that's, that's it. Okay, there we go yeah. then. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Actually, you know what? He was also in Inherent Vice, which we did an episode of uh, Cisco's show on very very early on. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be in Damien Chazelle's new movie, Babylon, coming out at the end of this year. So the reason why Noel G goes by Noel G is because his last name is fucking Guglielmi, which is Italian. He's Italian? He's an Italian-Mexican <laughs> actor. He's Italian-Mexican. It's not Gonzalez, though. How come he doesn't go by Noel you know Guglielmi? Because he wouldn't get a role. Breaking <laughs> Bad and Better Call Saul. A lot of those actors have been cruising on brown face for a long time, unchecked. Mm. Giancarlo Esposito is not Hispanic at all. He's, He's Italian, Italian and black. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Uncle Ding Ding. Is a Jewish man, and he's been playing uh, Latin the whole time. You can watch him in Darren Aronofsky's uh, Pie, and he's just an old Jewish man. Well, we can tell because every time they, they speak Spanish, they sound deaf because they all have a weird accent that no mm. one has. Yeah, I feel like Jake is like racially ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. You're like Arab and like... Yeah. Uh, I get it anywhere I go. If I, if I go to Spain, they think I'm Spanish. If I go to like Turkey, yeah. they start thinking I'm like one of he's them. He's like the most... like anglo-saxon like yeah British, like, oh yeah fucking, like he's a hobbit he's a literal yeah i'm actually from the yeah, shire oh yeah yeah <laughs> no you look like you could from be like from transylvania shit. too like you look like yeah, Whoa, yeah. 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 Your mom, doesn't your mom have like eastern European? no my great my great granddad is from transylvania yeah. oh okay wow. he's yeah. got that rasputin vibe yeah going on. yeah it's very strong, yeah. strong. I do. <laughs> hey do you, you know, guys have matching shirts <laughs> You guys just like boogaloo boys on this program? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, almost, almost. Is this a rally? I do a boogaloo. All right. Uh, I should wear like midsummer flower crowns. <laughs> that would be great. All right. Uh, we have long past the two hour mark yeah. here. So I think we're going to wrap up the program uh, so everybody can get some nice air conditioning because I've been sweltering in here. I'm sure you guys, Hans, I know you are. Yeah, you guys. I'm just sweaty right. always, but I'm not hot. Yeah. It's just my normal state. All right. So what is the final verdict on Alex's war? Would you guys recommend this film? Are you saying forget it? Pirate it or get it for cheap money. Don't spend nearly a tenner on it because it's not worth that much money. Yeah. Probably a, a, a five or a six, a seven if you're an actually an Alex Jones fan and you like a mediocre biography. That's kind of my summarization yeah. of it. It's a, it depends on like your inclinations, I guess, if you're like interested in the subject area, mm -hmm. basically. What about yeah. you, Cisco? Yeah, that's fine. If it's on a streaming service, so you could, you know, which it inevitably would be on, then watch it. But, but, it, but if you don't know anything about Alex Jones, I've, I don't know. Watch her other one. The other one's really good. That feeling when no GF, that's really good. I mean, it's I think good. that one's it's, only it's improved. Better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, oh, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. This is this is just. 
I mean, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I want to be nice because, well, well, you know, they if take you're the time in those to make something. You're too close. You're too close. I want to be a little generous. It's like but, uh, it's like on the last episode we did uh, about Ralph Seppi's movie where Kino was just like, oh, well, I'm I'm going to be very nice to him. And I was just like, fuck, the movie was shitty. Like, it was bad. Like, yes. I don't care. I'm not going to be friends <laughs> with him. I'm never going to meet him. Fuck you him. appearing on a program where everybody's trashing it and you saying something not nice about it is essentially the same thing. You might as well go all in um, yeah i mean i didn't hate this movie at all uh i i just had maybe higher expectations for it yeah also by the way i don't think she really cared I, we trashed tfw no gf uh when it first came out and i'm pretty sure all of us except for hans got a follow from her on twitter immediately following the release of the episode so she's got a thick skin or thick enough um yeah i i actually i don't know i, I can see hints of improvement uh as a director uh, from her, but a decline in creativity, which is uh, disheartening. Because yeah. I thought, you know, she could take it in a very interesting direction, but she's doing essentially what you had said before, which is becoming more of like a tool of that establishment, which is not dissimilar from like you see James Gunn or somebody like that make an interesting film or Taika Waititi, and then they go get absorbed into Disney and make very generic, boring shit. Um, that seems to be maybe what her trajectory is going to be, but for the Fox News crowd of things. Yeah. Uh, which is such a shame because she's yeah. such a talent, in my opinion, and I would love to see her like really push her style as a documentarian and tell more stories. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, different topics that uh, you know she could put a spotlight on and would probably be very interesting uh, coming from her voice. Or uh, maybe if she ever tried her hand at uh, scripted or fiction, whatever, you know, I think that might be a better road to go down than, all right, well, who's next up? Are we going to do the Manchester Moldbug doc or Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro. Yeah. (laughs) She'll just get absorbed by Daily Wire like everybody else has. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, uh, I think she got some nice lenses for this. It looked yeah. professional. Yeah. Um, all the photography oh. of Alex Jones that's been used to sell the film was very good. It was yeah. Persuasive. Uh, I don't think you learn anything that you couldn't learn in a half an hour YouTube documentary about Alex Jones. I don't think it goes deep enough uh, to even um, justify the two and eleven minute, two hour eleven minute runtime. Uh, if you don't know who Alex Jones is, I don't think you would learn that much about him. And if you already know who he is, then you're also not going to get anything that you don't already know. So mm-hmm. it's it's very mid. It's very like two out of five for me. Like it looked mm-hmm. nice and that not, not really that's a lasting impression. Too, over on Letterboxd, there's like a two or two and a half. All right. All right. That that That's enough on Alex's war. Uh, do you guys want to plug what you've got going on? Anybody? <laughs> oh, you can catch us on uh, Low Society Podcast, um, and that's at Low Society Pod on Twitter, or you can follow me on Twitter at Speaks Angie. You can read my articles, or if I like do a video essay or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. No, I want to plug. I'll plug Low Society too. You should check them out. Oh, you're so <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, it's great being being on the show with you. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that has been movies for this week. Thank you guys for coming back on and talking about Alex's war. This was a very enjoyable time. Uh, We'll catch you guys for the next one. Hans, any final words? You caught me already. There's no point in me saying anything. I know what you're doing. (laughs) I'm not falling for it. I never say anything anyway. But yeah. (laughs) All right. That has been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.